Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Mayhem. I am your host, Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMMShow75. You can also find us on Facebook. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. If you can't find us, you really just don't give a shit about us. Um, it's been a couple of huge weeks. We apologize greatly for not being here last week. We were all uh, just all over the place, and it has been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. Um, we haven't even talked to Byron Fever about our, oh. our friend of the show, um, Kevin Cross, unifying yeah. the FSW title. I mean, God, we have not been around in ages here. Yeah, uh, everyone's talking about all this Matt Hardy stuff that he's doing with TNA, but they're not talking about how Kevin Cross beat the hell out of him in a cage in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago. Well, we're talking about it. Byron was there. Uh, it looked like a pretty awesome time. I also loved your uh, photo op with Katrina. I will not lie. I was very jealous uh, that that sucked for me and everyone else who wasn't you. It was, it, was, uh, it was a good moment in my life. I'll put it like that. So anyway, that is uh, at Byron Fever over there. Yeah. That's right. The, uh, the ginger ninja. Is Find me on that? Twitter and Instagram. What was the other thing? Venmo. Venmo. Right. Find me on Venmo. eBay. <laughs> Find him on eBay selling his personal belongings. Yes. I don't have a job. Find me on eBay. Help me pay my rent. Well, no, can, can we talk about why you don't have a job right now? It, it, I think it's a kind of awesome story. Uh, yeah, I don't have a job um, because the star of my show is on Dancing with the Stars instead of his own show. Yeah, so Vanilla Ice, uh, Byron does a, a home building show with Vanilla Ice called VIP Project, and yeah. uh, Vanilla Ice uh, just kind of upped and went to Dancing with the Stars, which is a network show and way huger than anything Byron's ever done. So obviously he had to go, and so Byron just is like just out of work now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm put on. Uh, I think what I would call it is an unpaid, indefinite hold. Right. So basically, they still want you to do the job, but they're not paying you to do the job, and there is currently no actual job to do. Yes. Great. Sounds awesome. And also, uh, after the show, uh, found out and did some research, they do a tour, like live dancing in arenas and stuff. Last like American year, Idol or something? Yes. That's hilarious. Last year, it went until February. Well, Paige Van Zandt's back in the cage already. What? You don't get that... Uh... I mean, she, she turned around and came back to MMA after she was second place on Dance with the Stars last season. And she's already been back in the cage, so. But it's like uh, fall. What is it, August? Yeah. September? Yeah. It's like fall of the next year. Uh, we're supposed to have started the show a month ago. Yeah. And I think Rob's going to be booked between Dance with the Stars and uh, his own concerts until February. Well... We've got another guy. Um, what Anyways. Is, what is that? Who's co-hosting with us this week? What the fuck oh, is that over there? This is the chairman, the official chairman of the Triple M Show, because I won the Triple M Show booking challenge. That is sadly, in fact, uh, correct. Um, and by a pretty handy margin, I'm going to add, which is a bit embarrassing to... Um, all of the rest of us. Which I decided to bring the formal wear since this is my victory show and it is an award show. 
I even have my own personal assistant, Rudiger. Rudiger, say hi to the people. Casey, where's your hand? Oh, wow. Are you Jim Hensoning that thing? <laughs> I promise I wasn't. This is a robot. Uh, he wasn't supposed to beg for freedom. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, this, this all frightens me. Casey, do the dance. The Leparka dance. I'm doing it. Okay. Doing the Leparka dance. I don't think you can stand up in there. No, I can't. Um, this is a laptop. It's on my lap. Oh. All right. So, well, here's the official results here. Um, I don't know if you can see that or not. Oh, yeah, it looks good. Oh, sixty percent uh, for Casey. Mm. Byron at thirty-three uh, percent, and uh, I got a lot of votes. I wanted to call my uh, show "Pride of Dignity." But you know, forgot. it's funny. I got a lot of positive comments, but I got none of those people's votes. The simple uh, fact of the matter is the the great Muda, I think, stole the show yeah. um, with just a brilliant addition and just really kicked all of our asses. Mine was uh, very complicated and probably should have been two episodes, like everything I do. Well, you got Muda and you got Pentagon. It's kind of just based on... The demographic we're going for, yeah, people, people are going to vote for those two. People seem to like Pentagon, um, even though he can't seem to win a match. Hey, hey, let's not let's not talk about other people's booking mistakes. <laughs> how awesome mine was. Thank how you. many how many matches did he win on your show? He didn't wrestle yet. He was he was going to kill Vampiro in the hospital. He was going to finish the job. I mean, and that's the brilliant part about it. I mean, Casey, uh, and that was very smart. I think Casey booked a TV show similar to Lucha Underground, where it wasn't necessarily 100% about the in ring. There, the, the characters that you love were doing things that you loved, and and that's part of what made Casey's show really good. Um, anyway, so. Props to Casey. Uh, he gets bragging rights for the entire year um, of having drafted and booked the best Lucha Underground fantasy uh, overall at the end of the day. It's all about making a good show, and the people believe that Casey is the one out of the three of us most capable of making a good show, even though Byron and I are the ones that make TV on a regular basis. Um, but congrats to Casey. I'll, I'll give it up to the man. Thank you. And, Look, we're dressed very nicely today um, because today is the first MMM show, Lucha Underground Awards. You, the Lucha Click, the people, the believers out there, you have voted, you have spoken. Uh, we will get to those results. They are um, interesting. Some, some of There was actually a few that I was kind of surprised by. I'm not going to lie. There was a few where I was like, wow, really? That's Me too. And, and I, thought, I thought there was a few... There's a few luchadors that I thought would get a lot more love than they got. Um, and there's a few that were obviously like, okay, we think that too, so yeah, no surprise. And the people who voted, by the way, like I, I think these votes are pretty legit. There weren't a ton of people who voted. We're talking you know, dozens of people here, not, not thousands or anything. But the people who voted were like, you know, The Last Real Heels, J-Man and Urban, us, of course, um, I know Razor Cabron threw a couple votes in there. I know uh, uh, 
Lucha Blog threw a few votes in there. Alberto, um, W Lucha, all all the like the people who I trust, whose opinions I really believe in, that I know watch the product. Um, unlike the other votes where Byron was just getting his friends to vote for him. These were like the hardcore Lucha Click fans that were really voting on these awards, from what I could tell, from the people who were commenting, because we can't actually see who is casting votes. So, um, nonetheless, surprisingly, I really trust a lot of these results for, you know, especially for the listeners of this show. It seems like the people who love this show, Josh Kidd too, um, I think will really appreciate uh, these results. Now, before I get there, before I get there, what the f- Fuck is going on with ADR? <laughs> we were talking about this a little bit before the show. Is he going to AAA? Is he like, is he gonna go CMLL? What what the hell is he doing? It's all about pride and honor. I don't know. Do you guys think he's really gonna try to get uh, Paige released from her contract, or do you think she's gonna try to get out? I mean, does she really even want anything to do with this guy anymore? I Honestly, think if she's that stupid. She fucking deserves whatever she gets. Yeah. Like I, I'm not even gonna mince words. It's a toxic fucking relationship. Just, just stop. Yeah, she should stay, especially when she's young and getting in and getting into these career-threatening injuries at this young age. She should stay with a company that has the best medical and also <laughs> uh, gives her um, wrestling jobs where she doesn't have to bump. Like if she was just to do a match on Raw or SmackDown. Maybe it's like a two-minute match, distraction, roll-up. And, you know, you're not going to really hurt yourself doing that. Or she can stay on Total Divas, get another paycheck, not have to bump on that. And it's it would be great. And I think she's she wants to – she may have been hypnotized by um, El Patron, you know, promised, uh, you know, dreams of grandeur. <laughs> oh, you promised me that you'd marry me, Poppy. She sounds like Peppa Pig now. (laughs) Paige is Peppa Pig. You know, it'd be you know, it'd be great if um if Paige and ADR did a indie show and Papa Pump was on that. Hi, big Papa Pump. How are you today? Can I be one of your freaks? It's been my dream since I was a wee lass. Now she sounds like, like she's a chimney sweep in Mary Poppins. What the what the? Fuck? Do another one. Do, do do one where she met Marty Chinetti on a show. Oi, your cocaine is the color of me skin. <laughs> this is terrible. This is totally different. Um, I don't know. For the people who think that ADR is coming back to uh, Lucha Underground. Um, listen to the Last Real Heels interview with uh, Krista Joseph from last week, which is, by the way, a great interview. Um, oh, shout out. Listen to that show. Yeah, DJ DJ came with tons of personality. Um, Urban didn't get completely messed up until the second half of the show. J-Man had yeah. great questions and a lot of questions from the Lucha Click, too. So, um, you know, if you haven't listened to that, please, by all means, just turn this off right now. No, wait, don't do that. No. Go, when we're done with this, go and listen to that. In about five <laughs> hours, turn their show on. His name by the time you finish listening to it, since he spells his name 800 fucking times. Yeah, really. yeah, but does he get all the letters in? I can't I, keep track. I don't even yeah, think don't he did. Um, um, not by the end of the show, he wasn't getting all the yeah. letters in. He was he, like, DJ was finishing he, it for him by the end of the show. 
Yeah, uh, but I, I, I will say that uh, DJ's been making around another podcast, and you definitely want to listen to The Heels for the best discussion about the current stuff. You can listen to DJ talk to people about stuff we talked about two weeks ago. Uh, well, yeah, I, I get that. But I, I'll say this, too. I think that of all of DJ's interviews that I've listened to, I think that's his best one, too. I felt like he was more natural, I've, uh, you know, reviewing his his performance. I, I thought that, that was honestly, um, of all the interviews I've heard him do on other shows as well, I thought that that was his best one. He came off very natural. He was very forthcoming about the product, but still not giving away spoilers. He gave a couple yeah. of, of, of little tidbits of things to look forward to. Um, I just thought, in, in general, it was a great, great interview. Probably one of the best ones I've heard all year um, in general. So, uh, that being said, ADR, he did mention a little bit, you know, and he kind of laughed it off. I don't see any reason for ADR to come to Lucha Underground right now. I, I see ADR going someplace else and biding his time before he makes a big deal, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because you, for, there'd be no point in him showing up at Lucha Underground right now because he's going to be off TV for a year. There's 40 more, <laughs> 39 more episodes to come that we all know do not have ADR in them unless they were going to cut him in somehow in the backstage. Um, ADR is limo guy confirmed. Confirmed. I have I have uh, some breaking news from his current press conference. Off yeah, I of thought I thought Fredo's I Twitter. thought limo guy was Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget. I thought we already determined that. Star Gadget. It's <laughs> it's everyone's getting that reference. Everyone's making that joke when it aired because I think that's what they were thinking when they. Well, they, well, they I mean, they shot it over the, the shoulder to the hand, just like, yeah. I mean, it, I, I thought it was oh, genius. I tweeted but, out that I... That, I have to have everyone do something. If you haven't already done this, I want all of you to Google Dr. Claw action figure, and you can see what Dr. Claw looks like. It's very disappointing. <laughs> they yeah, just, so you couldn't see his face unless you bought the figure, but he's just like some old dude. Well, maybe that's the subliminal message that DJ is planting there. Like, look, we turned this into Dr. Claw because you're going to be completely disappointed by who it actually is. What if it's Matthew Broderick in the ultimate deception turnaround? Oh, boo. And he's a historical... Sometimes. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. There's no one. There's no one that limo guy could be at this point in time. I think that would actually make me happy. What if it was DJ? Mm, and then he work. puts himself over the whole show. That could work. If he did that, I think I would actually pop for that. If 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 limo guy was DJ and he wrote himself into the show, just because I don't feel like he's the kind of guy who would ever really want to write himself into the show. So if he did it. That would be probably the biggest, ballsiest move that they could do at this point. It's going to be Vince Russo. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, it's not. Don't, don't take that as me trying to theorize. It was a joke. Leave me alone. Speaking of Vince Russo, um, I'm reading on Fredo's Twitter that uh, Alberto at his press conference right now saying he's planning on retiring in two years from wrestling, and he's in talks to be a president of an MMA promotion. So it sounds like he's still full of shit. Oh, I don't know. Combate Americas, um, which is a primarily Latino, uh, up-and-coming MMA promotion, could use the guy like him. I could see him yeah. going there if that's the place he's talking about. Don't they um, have Conan? Yeah, he does commentary. Yeah, yeah. I, I, could see, I could see him being a part of that. And that would be probably a decent addition. I mean, he could tell those guys exactly what it feels like to get knocked the fuck out. 
Oh, Crow Cop, we need you. Come back. Oh, uh. please. Um, so, um, you know, let's talk quickly. We don't even have to get into it. I know a lot. There's 10 million uh, podcasts out there these days that, that do reviews of Lucha Underground. But what did you guys think of the Season 3 premiere? Um, two title matches right off the bat, which was amazing. Uh, <laughs> I had not expected that. Um, and yeah. I also think that one of those title matches was not filmed the first weekend of uh, the taping, so I don't know that, that even people who had been to the tapings had, were expecting it. And this is something that DJ talks about in that interview with the Heels, is like, look, even if you were there, you probably don't know what's going to happen on the show. Shit was right. so out of order filmed during season three. Um, it was crazy. I mean, I, I literally, and I won't say what, what it was all about, but there was definitely a taping I went to where there were there were belts involved that were on various different people that weren't could yeah. possibly have occupied those titles at the same time in the same taping. Um, that's how crazy last season was. So if you think you know what's coming, even if you were there like us, you don't know. You have no clue. Thank you for yeah. not spoiling my championship reign, Justin. I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I I just so got Oh, I just got to get a little more comfortable here. Uh, since we're talking about the Lucha Underground episode, uh, it's a lot less hot than that La Parca mask. Yeah, uh, you can take off your formal wear. The awards will come in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, a little. It was a little sweaty. Uh, I do want to say that uh, Dario stole the fucking show this week. His stuff oh. was tremendous. And I really don't want us to forget to tell everyone to not miss that Weapons of Mass Destruction match because it was one of the best things I've ever fucking seen. And I'm not yeah. saying that... I'm not getting paid like the heels to say that kind of thing. Uh, it's from the bottom of my heart. It was one of the best matches I've ever seen. It was fucking exciting. It, it was just... Even just the atmosphere and the wrestling, it was fucking nuts. You guys got to see what they you did. Incredible. Everyone was excited that when the crew was walking around setting it up, we'd be like, what's going on? And they'd just, they were stoked, like, this is going to be awesome. And then it happened. We're like, ah, you know? Well, look, Marty Killshot laid, laid down the gauntlet at the end of last season. And I think, you know, going into season three, these are two guys that really want to break out and be the superstars that, Obviously, everyone saw that they had the potential to be. I mean, Marty inhabited the character more and more every day. Killshot's in-ring work, um, you know, a lot of people were not that impressed with Swerve at first and then inhabiting that character. I know there was rumors of A.R. Fox was supposed to be that character, but DJ also said that he was originally slated to be something else or part of the crew was yeah. what DJ said. Um, but, you know... He he took on the role, and I mean he's taking it to a new level. And I yeah. think as these guys get into these characters, it's a little different than coming in as your regular gimmick. I mean these guys are kind of getting gimmicks and things that are writing for them, and they're letting it breathe organically. But these guys are taking it to another level, and I think that Killshot especially is a guy that is you know some of these guys are bringing these skills from other places. I think that Killshot is developing as an in-ring performer in Lucha Underground. You'll see him in other places from stuff before, and he's not like Killshot is in Lucha Underground. Like, the Killshot stuff is freaking amazing. Yeah. He puts on that mask, I think, and he goes to another fucking place. Like, this well, he, dude is turning it on. He had a hand in writing his own backstory, too. I think uh, might have been his heels 
interview or and he some interview he talked about how he wrote like three backstories and talked to DJ about them and then DJ kind of put them all together into something that he was working on and I think when you do stuff like that it really comes through because the because he's so much more invested and rooted in what his character's doing and it's more of it's more of him in the ring yeah well, this week's episode was phenomenal. Yes, Dario stole the show, in my opinion, too. Just the, the chin-ups alone. Um, what you guys think of HTM, Honky Tonk Man, coming out of uh, retirement to do a gimmick oh. on Lucha Underground as a security guard? I know what it was, and he was a corrections officer, just like the big boss man. So they obviously wanted the big boss man, but he's dead. So they picked the Honky Tonk Man because his last name is also Man, and so they're clearly brothers. That is your case fit for the week. <laughs> they're both brothers because their last name is Man. Yes. I think your mask is on too tight. This isn't a mask. This is my face. I think your face is on too tight. I love the delayed reaction on Twitter, too, where people were like, was that Honky Tonk Man? Like, people <laughs> like it starts off with a close-up on the sideburns, and you're like, What? Look, there's a little more face behind the sideburns these days than maybe in the past. <laughs> but it was still obviously Honky Tonk Man. Like, it didn't take me but two seconds to pop and realize it was Honky Tonk Man. And then I thought for sure there was a guitar shot coming. I was like, oh, shit, Darius about to get mashed with a guitar right here at the beginning of the show. That's not cool. It's a big, it's a big coup to get the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. It is, and it's also, uh, it would have been great, though, if he said, one guitar. There was a fence thing between them. Still, it doesn't matter when you're the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. We know it was Randy Savage. It's okay. Randy Savage is good, but he was better than Moyer. Um, he lost in a fluke. Did you guys think it was a cop-out? And, and I saw this from a few people who are more WWE fans, by the way, than Lucha Underground fans, that they thought it was a cop-out that Dario gets arrested at the end of the season last year and that he's just instantly sprung at the beginning of this season. I mean, we all kind of thought that, that was going to be the case, that you know, yeah. even judging by the Season 3 trailer, that Dario was not going to stay incarcerated long. But do you feel like it takes the steam off the stakes of the, the cop story, that they got Dario and then he's just sprung like that? I don't think so, because I think, one, it has storyline implications with Marty, and it, it broadens Marty's influence and makes him more serious, um, which is really cool, because he just started off as some idiot fan at first, and now, like, he's he's so much more... He's involved with Dario, which is the main storyline of the whole show, but also jail and the, and, the, and, and the police and getting arrested isn't the big stakes for Dario. It's limo guy. And basically, even though he's out of jail, Limo Guy has put the pressure on him more than ever. So, Now, do you think that Limo Guy paid the bail, or do you think that Marty's family... Well, Marty's family just offered him protection, right? Yeah, I guess all of his family's in jail. He said they sent a gift, and it could have <laughs> just been packs of cigarettes to trade for sex. I don't know. Whatever. Well, some cigarettes because Dario is a pretty man. Very pretty man and very skinny. Not yeah. the type that normally fares well, but he was all in there like, you know, like La Onda and, and blood in, blood out, blood through and just doing his 
bang in the in the pen. <laughs> I mean, there are six weeks that we didn't see that he could have been pocketed by somebody, but we don't know. Look, man, all I think is Rodriguez should be making that movie. Like during the hiatus, there should have been a Dario in jail movie or miniseries or something. Like they should have taken it into that whole world. A good, you know, El Rey could use a good, you know, prison movie, gang prison movie. That'd be awesome. It would be awesome if they just did Ernest Goes to Jail shot-for-shot shot remake, but with Dario instead. I'd be down for that. That would be different. That would definitely be different. It would be something. That's Since El Rey's playing the new Psycho as part of their Psychopaths marathon this weekend. Yeah, how did their voiceover guy do that with a straight, like, do that without laughing? <laughs> I, I thought it was awesome. All right, so you got those first few segments, and then we get into this this title match. Right off the bat. Now, given it's more of a gimmicky thing with the Wheel of Doom, but Son of Havoc had this big, you know, opportunity to get a chance to face Matanza for the title that did not work out so well for him last year um, with the Doctor. Bien, 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 bien. <laughs> so, but here we are, like, we're kind of hot-shotted right into it due to Dario's Dial of Doom. Um into a title match for SOH. What do you guys think of that? Like, did he deserve it, even though it was randomly selected from the wheel? Well, the fans liked it. They have <laughs> sometimes. Uh, you know. Casey now, I like Son of Havoc. I just always like everyone he's facing more than him for some reason. It's just the way that he's been booked. I think... <laughs> I agree with that, though. Honestly, yeah. I, I, you know... I it seems like every time now this time I felt like I was actually rooting for him a little more than normal like I was kind of it was a hot match yeah I was kind of going the the babyface route on this one and I thought that his spots <laughs> with Matanza worked out better because Matanza even though we know he's very athletic and he can run the ropes if he wants to to inhabit the character correctly he has to be kind of lumbering and slow at times and I thought that those in between paces between Matanza and Son of Havoc actually worked a lot better than when Son of Havoc is in there against some of the, the faster luchadors. Yeah, he's so athletic that some people might call him Mr. Athletic, but uh, the finish was cool. Catching him into the uh, Wrath of the Gods, that was yeah. awesome. It was a great move. I, th I think uh, the way the way uh, that Dario is presenting this Dario's Dial of Doom is that he just kind of figures a match against his brother is actually punishment even though the title will be on the line. And so he's just burning Son of Havoc again. I know, which was great. And, you know, fresh Matanza is just nothing you want to deal with. Like, this is not Matanza after a war or whatever. This is Matanza after a couple months off. Probably super hungry because who knows who was feeding him while Dario was in the pen. So, How'd he get out of jail? Matanza got out of jail? Matanza was, was just in his cage, dude. He was in his cage the whole time. He gets arrested. He's in jail in the trailer. Uh, yeah, he is in an actual cell in the trailer, but we have not seen that happen yet. I mean, there was speculation that to get out, Dario was going to give up Matanza, but that obviously didn't happen yet. Dude, that cell is just his regular cage, man. Those are the same bars. It's just the other angle that we never saw because they never showed that angle or you'd see what Matanza looks like. You know, my my guess would be that somewhere in the middle of the season, probably like Pentagon was out with his injury or whatever last year, that they'll give Matanza a break off a of TV to cool him off a little bit to give somebody else the the rub. That'd be my guess that you know 
we'll see him behind bars somewhere in the middle of the season just to get somebody else to rub. Hopefully your boy Pentagon. We'll see. Yeah, Pentagon needs some fucking revenge, that's for sure. Um, so, but yeah, this was a title match right off the bat. There's not a whole lot of wrestling shows out there, and it didn't feel weird that the Lucha Underground world title was basically on the line right off the bat, that it was the first match. Because if you look at it, the two title matches were first, and then a non-title match was the headliner. Yeah, but when one of them is a sexy star match, you just put that right in the middle, you know. Oh, stop it. Um, that was, in fact, the second match, but I believe before that we got to see Angelico catch a oh. flashback beatdown from Worldwide Underground. <laughs> Freaking amazing. Dude, I loved it because they did the uh, they did the old fucking enforcers jumping Barry Windham. They just did his leg instead of his arm. So it's like the cruncher Larry Zabisco but it's like the Cruncher Taya Valkyrie or something. I, I just thought the whole thing was genius the way they did it. They're also introducing now the the flashback and the the ability to, you know, reinvent history to a certain extent. I mean, that flashback took us back to something we didn't see from Ultima Lucha Dose. Right. And now um, you can explain away Angelico being injured or whatever is the, the real thing going on with him. Um is that what's going on, Casey? Was he out at the beginning of last season or something? Is there is that the reason why? Well, well we saw some fucked up shit happen to Angelico. Oh, that's right. I was there for that. Yeah. 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 But it, season two, he was uh, he went out with a storyline injury, but he also busted his knee. I think working for AAA. Yeah, the yeah. poor guy just uh, look. If you haven't seen Angelico live, he's very tall. Um, he looks yeah. like a guy that might break in half very easily, especially with some of the spots that he does. And the funny thing is, it's not the big spots where he hurts himself a lot of times. It's a way smaller thing, but yeah. he's just kind of got that frame. So, um, Well, hopefully we'll see him back on TV, though, because according to the Secrets of the Temple article, Angelico is like the most important thing you can see on Lucha Underground. Oh, that article. Did Byron write that? I forget who wrote it. I don't think so. But um, I did. I love that segment as a way to explain it. Now we did not see the mysterious uh, extra member of Lucha Underground or Worldwide Underground yet. Worldwide Underground. By the way, they had a pretty good face turn on the show tonight. <laughs> uh, I might start buying their merch. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> did he just take a selfie of himself? I think he just Maybe. took a selfie while he was laughing. Maybe. I don't know. Shit. Wait, is anybody monitoring comments on the the uh, YouTube? I tried and it started playing the show very loudly, so I left. Oh, I wonder if I can actually go to it. Um. Anyway, <clears throat> um. So, I I loved at the end of this segment too, where Dario just called him out on the fact that they lost the trio's titles and that Tayo was the one worldwide underground member left who was truly deserving of any kind of title shot at this juncture. And I fully agree with Dario Cueto. Yeah. You don't reward losers. That's an important lesson in life. You know what I have to say about that segment? Shut up, Jack. <laughs> yeah, Jack, <laughs> keep your much. fat mouth shut. Uh, Jack was Jack was surprisingly quiet during the match. 
Yeah, he, yeah. I tweeted at him about that, or I made a tweet, and then he replied with some backstage info about why his mouth didn't open. And I was like, I met you at least once. We watched you break your jaw, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know. Jack is a crazy SOB, man. He is just crazy. Um, the match. Casey, take it away. Tell us about Taya versus Sexy Star. Um, you know, honestly, I figured, you know, I sat through this match once in person. <laughs> and to watch it again and then, then tell people about it, I just feel bad because if someone else was at the tapings, they'd have to hear, they'd have to relive this match three times. So I want to get the highlight of the match, which is Sexy Star taking a turnbuckle. <laughs> uh, 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 which I've seen turtles take turnbuckles faster. Don't ask me how. Uh, I've watched a lot of Tortugas Karate Cuts matches. Um, but, yeah. Um, Jimmy Five would probably agree with you there. It's, Ten years as a pro wrestler, Justin. Ten years. It's just so much easier to defend Sexy Star on the show in between seasons. Yeah, yeah. You guys are like all, all like Casey's an asshole, and now you're like Casey's fucking right. What's up? I think she's great. I just think the great parts about her are not anywhere close to her work rate. Well, that makes you sound like a fucking pervert. I thought that I was trying to yeah. to find the brightness in the match, which I did think was Taya. And I thought Taya was really trying to bring out some good stuff from Sexy Star, but I think the way the finish was booked and kind of the pacing in the middle, it just wasn't wasn't that hot of a match. I remember watching and we had when Taya and Sexy Star were running the ropes in in their match live. We had to watch Taya, um, like, stop and wait because um, someone else doesn't run. Well, here's the I mean, and look, Taya was selling great. But this brings to, to mind the next question of, should Taya even be wrestling the women that are in Lucha Underground? I think she should just be wrestling the guys. I mean, her match with Cage is still one of my favorite moments of all of season two. <laughs> You know, agreed. And if, I think and, you gotta you gotta use Taya where you can, and this feud was where they could plug her in right away and have something going. Right. So I mean, I yeah, I was cool with it. It'd be cool to see her fucking wrestle on Helico after that whole spot we saw. That was that yeah. would be a cool match. Yeah. Um. And maybe hey, maybe that's what we'll get. Maybe we'll get an Angelico Taya feud down the line. That would be incredible. DJ, if you're listening, make it happen. Except I know you already. Filmed the whole season. Damn, he's like writing season fifteen right now. Yeah, well, put it in season fifteen. We'll we'll wait. It'll be yeah. worth it. He's like, uh, here's here's a surprise, Luchador, uh, Doctor Wagner the fifty third. Um, <laughs> what other was there another vignette in here somewhere? I'm trying to think, was there? Uh, so there's Marty. There's world worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide did theirs, and they had the match. Then Marty had his vignette. Went to Ray. Which, um, that was a phenomenal match. Now, I was not there yeah. at that taping. I don't even think I knew that that match happened because I think somebody started talking about it. I was like, ah, don't give me any spoilers. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. It was um, awesome, but it was kind of like a half-assed match. Like, 
No, no. Look, I gotta, I gotta tell a story about this match. It was, uh, I thought it was great. It's just it wasn't like a full-on Ultima Lucha match, which you would expect from these two. I was there, and so was Byron. Um, but uh, we were, we were cheering Pentagon very, very loudly to the point where Ray got on the apron and he looked at us and he did this Cerro Miedo huh? at us, and, and then we kept doing it. And then he's like, oh, "All right, all right." You know, he goes and wrestles the match, and then, you know, we're showing respect, but we are very loudly chanting for Ray to get his arm broken at the end of the match. And uh, so when Ray <laughs> when Ray came to the back, I'm like, I'm sorry, Ray, I respect you. You're the best. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's like, it's all right. <laughs> well, I mean, and that was part of the, the beginning of, like, everyone in the world needs to recognize that uh, Rudo, Technico, whatever, doesn't matter. Pentagon is the most over performer in the temple, hands down. I, I do got to say that even though I was booing him, I really do love Rey Mysterio. He's one yeah. half of my favorite match of all time, and he's the only living half of that match right now, uh, which was him versus Eddie, Halloween Havoc, Mask versus Cruiserweight title. Fucking great. Yeah, Ray is awesome, but also I think having um, Del Rio in the first season as like the big, big luchador main event um, sort of representative um, type guy, it, having him and seeing what happened with that, and then having Ray and having Ray be such a great ambassador of the show and signing with El Ray, and it's um, it just it shows you that he's his value is more than just his work rate and more than just showing up like he's representing and putting everyone and the show over and it's Lucha's really lucky to have him I think yeah I agree and, and I hope they don't sign Del Rio because we don't need him at all well I, look I liked Del Rio in Lucha Underground I thought his run was great I don't know that uh, the, Pride the and masses Unity. I don't know that the masses will care one way or the other, but I, I thought he added to the show. He might have been a pain in the butt backstage or whatever, but it didn't affect me as a viewer or a believer or yeah. a fan of the show. I um, think his spot, though, is taken by Ray and done much better. Yeah, maybe. I, I feel like you know the way that Lucha, uh, Lucha Underground does stuff and tapes things and like you see an angle and it doesn't come back for three or four weeks because that was the thing they taped that weekend for all four shows. I think that there's room for a lot of talent in Lucha Underground, especially if they're doing 40 episodes a year now, which sounds yeah. like it's going to be the norm. And and they're talking, still talking about going on tour next year too, and doing some some house shows. So, I think I think they're starting the logistics on that because on the dirt sheets, some of the wrestlers I think or luchadors are sort of uh, are uh, leaking information about how they're beginning to get booked or semi-booked for these house shows or tours. Yeah, well, I don't th I mean, I don't think it's been a secret either. EVW and DJ have both openly said that that is something they're working on and DJ normally stays completely out of those kind of things to begin with, but he's even said like they're definitely working on it and looking at it. I don't think it's a secret. I think it's just something that they don't have the finished solid plan for yet. But you know, look, if they want to keep these guys locked up and from doing a bunch of indie dates and and working for Lucha Underground and working on things, too. I think a, a house show tour, even a small one, could benefit them greatly in the fact that once they get to taping their TV season, they can have worked out the kinks in a few things and flow right into them easier for TV. 
um, you know, and just kind of save themselves some trouble and, you know, make the product better at the same time and keep everyone happy. Like, I don't... I don't want to see Lucha Underground be an on-the-road promotion like WWE right. by any stretch of the imagination, and I think that'll be one of the appeals to talent. Um, you hear guys talk about it all the time. Like, even CM Punk talking this week was just like, yeah, this is I get to go home and kiss my wife every night training for MMA. I don't have to be in some sleazy hotel room in Poughkeepsie on the weekend, you know? It's a, it's a different thing. So, anyway, um, the Ray... I thought, since I wasn't there, I thought that that match with uh, Pentagon and Ray was an Ultima Lucha quality match, level match. I, I thought so too. Byron's a dick. I, I, mean, I wanted it to go. It might not five have been minutes. live though. I could see, I could see it not being that live because it felt like obviously it was a lot longer live. I mean, it felt like it was definitely cut down. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted it on TV to go another five minutes, and live it was really great because you didn't know, you didn't have a bunch of storyline implications in your in the moment, but it, it felt like it was, it just, it, like I'm expecting something closer to Ray and Puma from, from these two, and no. also Pentagon Lost, which... I guess makes sense, but that always... Does it make sense, though? I mean, I was kind of expecting, and, and again, I didn't know the results of this match, so I was really expecting Pentagon to go over here and get back a little bit of his steam yeah. that, that he lost by, by losing um, to Matanza. You can't, you can't have Ray lose, though. Not at no. this point. You can't? He's like super... I mean, I guess that would be too much taking away from his like Prince Puma story, like... You know, he can beat Puma, and but then Pentagon can beat him, so it makes Puma obsolete. I don't know. Ray, Ray is the king. That's what Ray means in Spanish. No. Yeah. Really? So, God, yeah. that makes so much sense now. I so, never knew that. El Dandy is Spanish for the dandy. Triple H is going to watch this podcast, and then next week he's going to change his name to El Ray Day uh, H's. Yeah, Paul's not going to do that. Oh, I need to have a little bit of the official drink of Pentagon Dark, Mountain Dew Pitch Black. Did you ever find your ecto-jism cooler or whatever? No, there was a spooky ghost. Uh, No, I didn't find it because they hate California, apparently. (laughs) So fuck the Ghostbusters. They have it in Tennessee. Um. Anyway, the uh, Mexican Destroyer in that match and the Pentagon Driver in that match are like two of my favorite things that have ever happened on television. I just want to yeah. say that, throw that in. I don't need okay. to talk blow by blow about through the match. It was incredible. Just, if you didn't watch it, you're an idiot. Um, yeah. Or you just simply don't have it. And you know what's funny? I found out that there's quite a few people that actually watch this show that don't get Lucha Underground. I was like, why Why the hell are you watching our podcast if you don't have Lucha Underground? And they were like, well, we just like to hear you guys talk about it. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, great. I apologize that I can't give you a full play-by-play. Um, you know, and they've gotten a few downloads or whatever to, to catch up or, you know, maybe you're going to start doing the iTunes thing. But it's so messed up to me. I think, like, Cox Cable or something doesn't have El Rey. And, like, a few of the huge cable networks don't have it. But now you got Fios. Yeah. Um, and some it got announced somewhere else. And you can get Sling, people. Order Sling. It's like fifteen bucks a month, and you get your your El Rey network. Or Fubo.tv, which I think is even cheaper. Ooh. Yeah. So there's ways. Like if you are interested and you're listening to this podcast and you're not watching Lucha Underground, get the show, people. Find a way to get it. Um, 
So the the last segment we need to move into is uh, Vampiro's little Doctor Phil moment with the with the kitschy music and what the heck was going on there? Are we moving uh, into a, a Puma Dark thing here? Oh, I hope so. Oh, I hope that means Vampiro's going to start costing Puma all his fucking matches. <laughs> well, he did. He just walked out in the middle of of Pentagon's match. Pentagon gave him some smack first, though. I mean, Pentagon kind of brought that on himself. Yeah. yeah, we kind of we kind of gave him a little smack when he walked by too. Like, hey, don't cost him match again, pal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, at the beginning of the show too, Vampiro said he's nobody's master, nobody's maestro, and and he just likes his job as a commentator, and he's just going to keep it at that. And yet here we see him backstage, kind of stirring the pot a little bit and and meddling with uh, Puma's mind. But he wasn't spooky face paint Vampiro, so he wasn't the master. He wasn't pouring candle wax on his face and genitals, so it wasn't Vampiro. That's true. So I basically, Doctor uh, Doctor Jekyll is in the back, Ian, and not Mister Hyde. Exactly. I think Vampiro also is looking to mentor someone who won't kick him in the back of the head while he's trying to announce. I think he's trying to, you know. I think he feels safer about mentoring Puma. Yeah, because if he was going to kick him, he'd flip like ten times first so he'd see it coming. I think that Ian just wants to fuck with Conan and, and take his spot. That's what I'm saying. The man is dead. <laughs> he has a really good podcast for a dead guy, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what? And and I hate to put over uh, too many other podcasts, but damn, keeping it 100 last week was Fucking on point. I'm just going to throw that out there. One of these days, J-Man should listen to that show. Hoovy is like my favorite thing on any podcast ever. I, I just got to say. Yeah, he was he was on point. Disco, Disco even had like three good points last week. He actually halfway made some sense. I don't know. I still have a hard time taking Disco seriously because, one, he tried to pitch uh, a wrestler that was invisible. I think he tried to pitch a wrestler that had a flying carpet, like a genie something wrestler. That's I, that's a gimmick. DDT did the invisible wrestler, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Well, oh my God. probably held the Iron Man title at least once. At least once. And then also, he's a bouncer at a strip club in Vegas. I've heard. Wow. Um, well, we talked a little bit about CM Punk. Uh, man, they did this press conference yesterday. They're going to do the weigh-ins later today. No, he, he made weight. Ariel Hel- he talked to Ariel Helwani. I know he made weight this morning. They're going to do the uh, televised weigh-ins. But um, CM Punk looked like shit. He looked more like a skeleton than I do right now. <laughs> I mean, and he said to Ariel Helwani, too, that like he didn't bring in a nutritionist. And I don't know if he's like trying to conceal stuff or fucking around playing games with the media. But, man... That weight cut looked like it did him wrong. And, you know, I was paying close attention because everything for UFC this weekend is happening in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and it was it was crazy. Like, he was terrible at the press conference. And not that he's not a dick sometimes to media anyway, but he just came off really abrupt, and I think it was the weight cut. And this is, you know, it's not a big deal to do a press conference when the guys are like Connor and Nate last time who were up a whole weight class Two, two weight classes for Connor, so they're not cutting a ton of weight. Easy for them to do a press conference and not lose their shit. Um, Stipe and Alistair 
and Travis Brown and Verdum are all heavyweights, so they're not exactly having to cut a bunch of weight. So these guys are all fine. Mickey Gall seemed like he was fine, but CM Punk is over there like looking dehydrated. I mean, he looked like what a headache looks like from the inside. Yeah. And he looked lit- physically green. When I say that he he's green, I don't mean that he just doesn't know what he's doing yet in MMA. I mean like he physically looked the color green. It was He looks like he already lost the fight. He looked like Bill Bixby when he's freaking out, but not like the Hulk, but like when he's just first freaking out. Just panicked and starting to turn green and pale. Yeah, and all sweaty and shit. Yeah, I got to say that that doesn't bode well. I mean, I really, I, I was starting to give CM Punk a chance after seeing some of the embedded stuff and the stuff on his uh, special, his cult of personality special or whatever the hell that was. Um I was starting to give him a chance, and it's like I'm not the biggest fan of the the Rufus Sport camp in general, but you know I thought that they were doing some of the right stuff with him, and against a guy who's still relatively new like Mickey, you know maybe Duke Rufus could just put together the plan that can beat a guy like Mickey regardless of who he puts in there. But now I just don't know, man. How how do they not give CM Punk a fucking nutritionist? Are these guys not in the pro <laughs> fight game? Like, call Dolce or somebody. What the fuck, man? A guy's got to lose that much weight for the first time in his life, and he's going into a huge televised event, and he's a fucking millionaire. It's not like he doesn't have the money to pay a nutritionist. He's not some one-in-one up-and-coming guy who lives in the fucking hood who's got no money to get a guy to tell him how to eat salmon. He's got the fucking money. Dude, he doesn't even buy a fucking toothbrush. He's not going to buy a nutritionist. Didn't he have a nutritionist in WWE? I remember watching his documentary, and he went to vegetarian, and then their trainer said he was a lot more flexible after that. Well, That sounds fake, and it sounds like vegetarian propaganda from Byron the Vegetarian Turk. I'm not a vegetarian. Good. Let's have some bacon, bro. What are you, a vegetarian? No, I, I eat I eat food. I don't step it up in life. There's anyway. a desperate look in his eyes of a man who misses meat right now. I just thought it was amazing. Uh, I loved Alistair over him kind of playing with the Cleveland crowd. He He's super nice to the whole crowd. He's complimenting Cleveland on winning championships, this, that, and the other thing. And then he's like, and then I'm sorry I have to take away your champion belt <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> and even being from Cleveland, like the Clevelanders were fucking mad. They did not like that shit at all. <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, that's classic Reem. That's awesome. I actually think that to the MMA community as a whole, it's probably very endearing. Um, and Stipe was just doing his normal bumbling fireman routine. I mean, this guy, he's still, he's the world heavyweight champion of the UFC. Still goes to the firehouse. Still goes to work at his regular ass blue collar job. Um, so we'll see if that's still the case after he gets some pay-per-view points as a champion from this next fight, but, you know, and, and we'll see too, like, dude, guys have been dropping the belt at heavyweight left and right on their home turf like he did to Verdum. Uh-huh. Um, so having the home field advantage, I, I don't know if that helps Stipe here, and a lot of people are, are seeing Stipe lose. I think Stipe has the range and the hands to get it done. But, dude, this is the heavyweight division. One shot, you know, ends a fight very quickly in a- either direction. So, um, I mean, I am going to put my money on Stipe and put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to go for the, the homie. But 
I, I don't know. The CM Punk fight, I was fully anticipating getting to this moment with you guys right here, right now, and picking CM Punk. I don't think I can do it anymore. I think I got to pick Mickey Gall. I, I really want to see CM Punk win. I think it would be a great story. I think it would be hilarious to me how it would piss off a lot of MMA fans. I like seeing the crossover between the pro wrestling world and the MMA fan, uh, world because I'm a fan of both. Yeah. But I always, you know, I, I never finalize my bets or my fantasy picks or anything like that until weigh-ins. And just seeing how CM Punk went into the press conference yesterday and this week and even even his uh, media workout looked yeah. fucking horrible. And he spent more time signing autographs and taking selfies with people than he did rolling. Yeah, I, way to tuck your chin, Phil. Fine. Yeah. So my money is not on Phil Brooks. I'm going to take the new kid, Mickey Gall. You know, I I like the idea of pissing off some of the bro MMA fans that don't want him to fight, but I also really, really like the idea of annoying, really annoying CM Punk fans, which I've encountered a lot. It's the fucking internet. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I not only think he's going to lose, I want him to lose, and I want a promo after the match comparing him to Voldemort after he loses. Why? Because uh, he fucking looks like Voldemort right now, bro. Yeah, I think so. He, he looks a little Skeletor-ish. Doesn't look good. That's kind of racist towards skeletons. I'm a little offended, but I'll out. Uh, oh! Oh! <laughs> It's just how is how is someone going to win their first pro fight ever, right? Like it's not unless you get fed a can. Well, it happens all the time, and honestly, guys like him who are are athletes coming from other sports, and I will call him an athlete, um, even you know though it's pro wrestling, it's still hugely he's, athletic. He's an um, athlete. He's an athlete for sure, and you know this isn't like the Tebow thing where he's switching from one pro sport to another pro sport necessarily but, but he is definitely somebody who's been in training his whole life and you know a guy like that is the guy you expect to see him win the first fight he came in he was able to afford a real camp with real trainers and and real sparring partners I mean look Anthony Pettis is one of his sparring partners whether Anthony Pettis is the greatest of all time right now or not He's still a pro-level guy with a crap load of fights that if he's your training partner is going to make you a whole lot better, especially if you're a, a, an O and O guy going into your first fight. Anyway, I don't know. We saw Herschel Walker come into Strikeforce and, and obliterate a couple of opponents, and yeah. those guys weren't even total tomato cans. I mean, and he was yeah. over 40, and he came in and, and blasted some dudes because he he's a real fucking athlete that had a good camp. And he's and I'm not saying skinny fat like CM Punk, who it didn't cut weight because it's hard to cut skinny fat. Trust me, I know. Yeah, I mean, 170 pounds is where Phil should be, too. I mean, he can't be a 185-er. I mean, look at my frame. I couldn't even fight 170 in the UFC. I'd probably have to go down to 55 or 45, and I'm six feet fucking tall. I mean, Cowboy Cerrone um, is a little bit bigger than me, and he fought 155. Like, I've stood next to that guy, and he's bigger muscle-wise, uh, slightly taller than me, and he was a 155-er. Like, dude, I'm walking around at 186. I just can't I, I just can't even imagine it. So, 
you yeah, know, like I walk around at 175 and I look like shit. And if you saw me weigh in, you would think I was going to lose the fucking fight too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and then the other fight, Fabrizio Verdum begged to be on this card, which is smart because you want to be there when the title is defended to, to stay in the title mix and put you on the same schedule as whoever the champion is. Very smart of him to get in there. He was originally supposed to fight Ben Rothwell, which I think would be a better argument for him to get another title shot. Um, but he's got Travis Brown, Ronda's boyfriend, and um, Travis has turned into a world-class heel somehow. And it's great because I find myself wanting to see Travis Brown get smashed, but not because of real life. But because I feel like he's he's playing a heel on TV now, I and, and I don't I feel bad for the guy because he's probably taking it very personally. But man, it's like, dude, you're on TV. It's like, go with the flow, bro. You're 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 a heel now. Just go with it. Him and DC both. Um, I just I I want to see him get his face smashed, and then I want to see him fight again, which is good for him because it means he can keep getting paid forever. But I I like for Doom. I I had Verdum against Kane, um, and Verdum is one of my favorite heavyweights out there. I, I bet against him with Stipe because Stipe is from Cleveland. But I love Verdum, and I'd like to see him smash the crap out of uh, Brown. Um, that's all I'm going to say about UFC 203 happening in Cleveland tomorrow. Watch it. Support my hometown. Support these fighters. I will say also, since we're talking about DC being a heel, the Chael Sonnen DC thing going on right now is... <laughs> Fucking amazing! Yes. Oh my God, Byron, you're missing out, dude. Uh, tell me what to, what am I missing? Okay, so here's what you're missing. DC um, just kind of flaked and no showed on Chael Sonnen's podcast. Which, oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so this has never happened to Chael before, and you know Chael's got a pretty big ego. So, and the thing that you do if you've watched any of these podcasts, if your guest doesn't show up, you text them or you try to get in contact. Like Ariel Hawani has like ten guests a week. So this shit happens to him all the time where a guest doesn't show up on time or whatever, and you'll see him there like kind of trying to talk and stall at the same time while he's texting somebody and trying to get them back into the actual call-in line or whatever. So Chael's trying to do that that business, and he starts effing with DC like, you know, I fucking made you. How did you not show up for my show? But <laughs> it's Chael Sonnen. He's like being completely ridiculous, and he's like... You know, texting him, I beat you, and I beat this guy, and I beat everyone in the world, and, like, I'm your daddy, bitch, kind of stuff. Being chill and just totally talking shit. DC starts taking it too seriously, starts flaming him back, and has some huge beef with Chael Sonnen now over no sh He's the one who fucked up and didn't just come on the show, and then Chael busted his balls a little bit. And DC took it all seriously. I don't know what's going on there. The whole thing could be a work, but it's fucking genius. Um, I do believe Chael reapplied for USADA testing, so he's officially unbanned. And I believe uh, once he's on track with his testing, Chael could actually come back and fight again. I think he's still a contracted UFC fighter with, I believe, two or three fights left on his contract. Oh, maybe they're working uh, an angle right now. <laughs> They might as well. The light heavyweight division is fucked. It, I mean, <laughs> what is... Uh, uh, John Jones, If once he gets cleared up, maybe there's some interest in there, but the the parity level that used to be in there isn't there anymore. John Jones ran through everybody. DC ran through everybody else. Um, and now you've got this kind of 
revolving door of guys trying to work their way back up. You know, Glover versus DC would have been something new and interesting, but Glover got smashed by Rumble. So now you're going to get Rumble DC 2? I mean, unless Rumble knocks DC the fuck out, it's going to pretty much put the entire light heavyweight division to sleep until John Jones gets back in there. And John's beating all these guys. John beat Glover. He beat Rumble. He beat Gustafson. He beat DC. Like, who gives a fuck about any of it anymore? So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Maybe throwing Shell Sonnen into the mix is good. I mean, we're going into this era now where the belt isn't necessarily always the most important thing, thanks to Conor McGregor, um, that you're getting these exciting matches. And speaking of which, the first match for the MSG card has been announced, and it's amazing. Robbie Lawler versus Cowboy Cerrone. Fuck yeah. I, I am so deathly afraid for both of them that it will be the end of their careers because these guys are crazy. They are both insane people. I've met these dudes. They are insane people. There's no way in hell these two guys don't get in a cage and just beat the living shit out of each other. That, that rules so much. Oh, it's going to be great. Like, and Cowboy's got great jujitsu. He's got good wrestling, too. Robbie Lawler's a wrestler. I don't expect to see any of it. These guys are going to probably throw hands for two rounds until one of them is fucking unconscious in the worst kind of way. Like, I don't know what we're going to see there. I think it's a great fight. I'm also excited about Bisbing Hindo. I know a lot of people didn't want to see that, but um, I just thought that it would be... I think I think those are great fights. So, um, any other Lucha Underground stuff? Oh, Paley Fest is tonight. Paley Fest. We're going to go. Um, Paley Fest is there's a place called the Paley Center here in Los Angeles. They they do these things, uh, fall preview things, where they bring in the whole cast and crew and showrunners of a show. They show you an episode sometimes. They talk about the show. There's one tonight for El Rey Network. They're doing Dust Till Dawn. They're doing Lucha Underground. If you are in the Los Angeles area, I believe there's still tickets available. You should go to this thing. You're going to get to see the season two or season three episode two. Um, episode tonight. We get to see it five days before the rest of the world tonight on the big screen. Uh, Byron and I got to see the finale on the big screen also, so this will be our second time seeing Lucha Underground on the big screen. And then there's going to yeah. be a ton of uh, Lucha Underground performers there, and I think Eric Van Wagnen and DJ are going to be there, and Skip, yes, the yep. uh, the guy who does the, the directing of the vignettes. Um, and I'm sure they'll talk and do a little roundtable discussion afterwards. So if you're a fan of Lucha Underground, Paley Center tonight. Get tickets. Ticket Web. Um, you can find them. Anyway, gonna watch, we're gonna watch the Weapons of Mass Destruction match between Marty and. Oh, holy shit! We're gonna see that on the big screen. Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um. So, without further ado, it is time for the 2016 MMM Show Lucha Underground Awards. Woo! Um, I think you guys are going to be uh, surprised by a few of these things, as I said before. So, um, the first poll we put up was for best comedic luchador. Now, you may ask what qualifies as best comedic luchador. I guess, what, what would that be in your opinion, guys? Like a funny gimmick or guys who get to the ring and can crack jokes or funny promos? What, what... What qualifies in your opinion? My opinion would be someone that's actually playing a comedy character this season. What the fuck, people? 
Um, well, the candidates were uh, Mascarita Sagrada. Yeah. Yeah. Who had some very, very funny bits um, this season. Uh, Famous B, who had a lot of those funny bits with Masquerita, and they, they may have split each other's votes. Yeah. Joey Ryan. Who is not a comedic character this season. He is elsewhere, but not on Lucha Underground. These are the Lucha Underground Awards. Jesus Christ, people. That's true. He plays an undercover police officer on Lucha Underground. <sighs> and uh, Jack Evans. The god of comedy, Jack Evans. Jack is a funny guy. Jack is a very, very funny guy. Um, I, I think Urban's dissing us on Twitter right now. Somebody take care the of that. The baddest bitch in the building, Jack Evans. Um, and we also had a write-in for... Did we have a write-in on this one? I think somebody oh. wrote in for Pimpy. <laughs> I've been here all season. What's wrong with you people? Come anyway, uh, the winner with 44% of the vote Joey Ryan! Joey Ryan wins the first Lucci. Why? <laughs> because that's the that's the vote. I love Joey Ryan and I think he's great, but his Lucha Underground role does not fit this category. I honestly I would have given this to Famous B this year. I mean that was my vote. I thought the stuff that Famous B did this year was classic. Get my yeah. shoe! Yeah, come on, get my shoe was the end-all, be-all, had me in tears. Um, so honorary mention definitely to Famous B. Yeah. I would have voted for Jack just for the time when he yelled he was the real baddest bitch in the building. Uh, <laughs> that was up there too, but I still think get, get, the shoe was... Yeah, no, I would vote for Famous as well. So yeah, and Pimpy did get uh, two write-in votes, believe it or not. Now... <clears throat> going over to a big award, just like the real award shows do, where they throw out a couple big ones early. Best Trios for Season 2 of Lucha Underground 2016 Best Trios Award. The nominees... Three, Triple M Show! Woo! Yeah, it should have been us. We are good trios. I would like to thank the people <laughs> for this award. The real nominees, which did not include the tri Triple M Show... Um, Worldwide Underground. Yeah! The Dream Team, Ray, Puma, and Dragon Azteca Jr. Dope team. The Super Friends, Dragon, Dra Drago, Phoenix, and Aerostar. Yeah! Champions, right and now. the Unlikely Trio, or Team Havoc, or whatever you want to call them, of uh, Son of Havoc, Ivelisse, and Angelico. Angelico. Now, team up all season. They were they, but they they had a little run at the very beginning of the oh, season. Oh yeah, that's right. They did. I'm yeah. sorry. So, um, and the winner is with 38 percent of the vote, the Dream Team. <laughs> Dream Team: Rey Mysterio, Puma, Dragon Azteca Jr. Worldwide Underground had 33 percent though. That was a very very close vote. They're they'll probably win next year. Um. I believe the Dream Team won by two or three votes. Nice. Uh, that they're was, a good team, dude. This could have gone, no matter what way it would have gone, I wouldn't be mad at our viewers like I was in the last category. I'm still <laughs> people. Well, I mean, there, and there's a few of them that may surprise you, but I think that goes to Joey Ryan's credit that he is very over. People are entertained by, the, by him, and they're entertained in a fun kind of way. 
No, yeah, but, love Joey Ryan. Don't well, didn't wrong. Joey Ryan yeah. do the uh, the handcuff during the uh, what was it Aztec Warfare bit? That was this season. Good, that was pretty funny. You didn't suplex anyone with his dick in Lucha Underground. Just remember yeah. that, people. No, yeah. except in dark matches, I think. You know, yeah, he did. Uh, there was a battle royal that was dark. Uh, yeah, I pro- wait, was that at the end of season two? And keep in mind, a lot of the people who voted also are people who go to the temple, so they may have right. seen Joey do st- things that were very funny during season two that did not make it on air. Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you guys the story after season three. I I can't. I don't know if I can tell it yet. Right, because it may. It, yeah, you might be right. It might be a season three thing. We saw a lot of Lucha Underground last year, guys. Between season two and season three, it's all getting kind of. Yeah. Kinda... I'm glad that they're not running live shows right now because I'd be so. F- freaking lost we would be so confused if they were taping season four right now yeah um all right the next award is for best storyline vignette yeah best storyline vignette so that does not necessarily have to be a single vignette this could be something ongoing yeah it could be something ongoing or it could just be something that relates to storyline the nominees for best storyline vignette are the evolution of Pentabondage slash Pentagon Dark. That one just kind of creeped me out. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, look at all the stuff that was happening. Pentagon's in a hover round. He's getting baseball bat sodomized by Vampiro. He's getting candle wax burned. It was like yeah, candle wax on the face and genitals. Don't don't forget. Yeah, fifty shades of dark. Sodomy. Yeah, it was it was. Kinky. There were some kinky things going on. Look, I'm open-minded. Whatever they want to do, that's their thing. It's free country. It's a different product than anyone else in professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> um, the next nominee was the limo guy, cops, and Dario. That Sweet. ongoing storyline. The formation of a dream team, which was several segments. Oh yeah, yeah. There was some cool shit there. Yeah. And like, uh, famous B commercial. Sexy and the Mothless Station. <laughs> Which was... I, I like the name that you coined for it. <laughs> and I like one of the participants. Um, the Mac. Who's your favorite participant? Oh, okay. I like two of the participants. I like uh, Mark, the Mac worked his way into that storyline a little bit at the beginning, too. And I got no beef with Mariposa. So, um, the winner... With 37% of the vote in another close, close race, the limo guy, Cops and Dario storyline vignettes. You know what? I like that one, too, because none of us know where the fuck it's going, and I, think I like that. That presented the most questions. I mean, look. Yeah. They didn't even pay off the limo guy gimmick. They 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 soft-sold us on it, and then they gave us this thing at the beginning of the season. They totally swerved it around, and people are still talking about it. That one scene where Dario goes to the bar and uh, Delgado says that limo guy is going to come down there had everyone going for the whole second half of the season, and they didn't even run with it as a storyline that much. Um, and it kept kind of playing out. And then the cops getting mixed in there, and then Mr. Cisco, rest in peace, getting killed. Oh, um, Cisco! I mean, all those things kind of played into that storyline. Probably the best one. But the evolution of Pentagon into Pentagon Dark yeah. um, got 32% of the vote. Again, very close. Two votes away from winning this one. Um, People are fucking perverts that listen to this show. Yeah, yeah. 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 Are you wearing a hat now? 
Dude, I'm wearing a Lucha Underground hat. I like that look. That's good. Oh, wow. Um, so Limo Guy wins that one. Now, this is a tough one, this next category. The nominees for Best Manager Slash Valet in the MMM show Lucha Underground Awards are Ooh. Dario Cueto. Right? Because he does valet for Matanza, Matanza. even though he's the yes. owner. Famous B and Brenda as a team. Two and, for one deal. Yeah, two for one deal there. Katrina. She ran the temple for half the season. She ran the Katrina. temple. And she had uh, she has Mill and uh, and the uh, disciple. <laughs> he has a name. His name is Sinestro de la Muerte, which <laughs> I know because he's my cousin. Exactly <laughs> like. <laughs> and um, Taya was also in this category um, because, sadly, she spent the whole second half of the season as basically the valet to Worldwide Underpants. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she did. She had, what, two matches last season? She had, what, Cobra Moon and Cage, right? Like two singles, it? and then she was in tag matches. And that yeah, was she it. did that run-in with her leg all fucked up, so maybe she was hurt? I don't yeah. know, but her... her, her Run in in the uh, cage in a cage match was was great. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Um. Anyway, yeah. No offense to her. It's fine. It's a good category. It's another place where she can get some votes. Anyway, the winner with forty eight percent of the vote in our I, first I not close it. one. Yeah. Katrina. Okay, I like that choice, but I really thought it would be closer because Famous B is the shit. But you know Famous what, Katrina? Awesome. Do you guys? Katrina did not. Turned on and beat down her only fucking client. So That's there you true. Go. That's why you lost. Well, yes. yeah, but she did let one of her clients kill two of her other clients. Yeah, but they they fuck up a lot, man. By but she ripping also... their hearts out. Like if you don't watch Lucha Underground, there was a double heart rip fatality in the locker room from the disciples. Literally. Yeah, like yeah. there was one dope skeleton dude that kind of looks like me. And he got the other two dope skeleton dudes to kind of look like me, and he ripped out their hearts, and he, like, stole their power and shit. And they were, like, black, rotten hearts, and they're all slimy and shit. It was fucking dope. It was, like, the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, she had a power up. But she also brought Mil Mortez back to life more powerful than ever twice. And she got him a trophy taxidermied in fucking Cuerno's fucking house or whatever. You know, he's in a glass case. He's probably been stuffed at that point. Who knows how many times Cuerno had sex with him. It was it was crazy. Uh, should what? We talk, should we talk about that? No. Move on. There's a lot of awards. All right. Katrina. So, and, and we're very proud of her. And since you're, like, uh, best friends with her now, Byron, yeah. you should get her to come on the show and accept the award personally. Watch, she like teleports behind him and just snaps his neck right now. <laughs> no, no, that would be awesome. Um, and yeah, you know the funny thing is, she won that award the day that you were uh, in Vegas. At yeah, the we're FSW hanging show. out together. Did you tell her that she won the poll? No, you're a dummy. I was talking. Probably to her had all his alt accounts vote for her though. You have no game. Your girlfriend talking. should be very proud of you for not throwing game at Katrina. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't. 
Um, don't, don't get me in trouble here. <laughs> I'm not getting you in trouble. I just said that you didn't hit on Katrina. No, we were talking about season three stuff. I know you keep it all business, man. No I wouldn't spoilers. get you in trouble. I wouldn't get you in trouble. No spoilers. All right. So here, this is one of my favorite awards. Best backstage jefe at Lucha Underground. This is for the boss behind the bosses, oh. behind the on-camera bosses. Yeah. This is so for the we real got, bosses backstage. I love all these guys here. And if They're you don't know who these guys are, the nominees are Stolman. Ring the bell. <laughs> Roach. The yeah. CM Roach, Chris Roach. DJ. Hell yeah, dude. Krista Joseph. And the Hefe de Hefe's, Eric Van Wagnen, the big boss. EVW. EVW. That's right. <laughs> um, this has got to be tough for a lot of people, um, especially between the two top bosses. If you don't know, um, DJ is basically the head writer and creative genius behind the show, but Van Wagnen is the guy that gives him all the power and ability to do that and run with all the crazy stuff. And arrested Hefe. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Roach, Roach is one of the big bosses on Big Brother and a, a brilliant man, dude. producer he's himself. Great. And he's like second fiddle to DJ on this show, which is amazing because he is like the baller over at CBS. He's like one of the, the main guys making them a billion dollars over there. Um, so anyway, without further ado, the winner of Best Backstage Hefe Lucha Underground is... Krista Joseph. Oh, man. Stole, man. Oh. DJ. <laughs> DJ is your big winner, guys, which is not entirely yeah, surprising. DJ. We love you, dude. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I, are we going to talk about Stolman? Yeah, go ahead. Getting 0% of oh! the... Oh! That's what you get when you're not on social media, Stolman. I think yeah. he's the only one who got zero votes in in any of the polls. I think he's the only the only thing that got nominated that did not get a single vote. That's, That's harsh. That's what happens when you don't tweet, bro. You can't vote for yourself. Yeah. Now, what does Stolman do on the show? Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe people don't know his entire level of involvement. Dario says ring the bell, and then he rings it. Very important. Yes. He's the official timekeeper of Lucha Underground. He's also... Uh, he sits behind Melissa. And he says... You messed up. Do that again. He has the <laughs> script with him. So, yeah, when she forgets the word, she can look over her shoulder and be like, oh, this is who's wrestling. It's funny. Look, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, we were filling out the category by throwing Stolman in there. I didn't think he was going to get a ton of votes, but I thought maybe he'd get a sympathy vote at least. You're ah. number one in our hearts, Stolman. I thought J-Man was going to vote for Stolman. Yeah, I was really torn who to vote for, to be honest, because I'm a I'm a CM Roach guy in a lot of ways. Um, this was a hard one. I can't even tell you who I voted for. So I used on. I used all three of my accounts to vote for <laughs> for each all three. Of the three guys. Yeah, it just totally negated them. It just made <laughs> Stolman look worse. That's all you did. <laughs> I don't know Stolman. You don't, your vote didn't count for anything, but making Stolman look worse. Anyway, um, okay, going on to another big award here, people. I don't know what anyone's going to think about this. This is a this was a very touchy one. This one, um, and just so you guys know, the nomination process was conducted by uh, me, Casey Byron, J Man, and Urban were also involved um, in the nomination process of of who to put up. 
this was a tough category because Lucha Underground basically has five luchadoras, and you can only nominate four to do a poll. So the nominees for Best Luchadora ended up being Sexy Star. Boo! Taya. <laughs> you're a jerk. Taya. <laughs> Yay! Um, Ivalice. Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm good with all these choices except for the first one. What's up? And then here's the tough one. Cobra Moon ended up in the fourth slot and not uh, Cheerleader Melissa. Her name is Mary Posa and Posa. They're both gimmicks. I'm not giving anything away here. Um, so, yeah, it, which is awful because she's fucking amazing too. Yeah, it sucks you can't have five uh, five poultry yeah. voices. Yeah. But uh, Cobra Moon debuted this year and made a, made a uh, fairly big splash, and a lot of people like her a lot. So she, she made It's not like we couldn't have cut Sexy Star out of the poll or anything. Come on, she's the gift of the gods champion, for Christ's sake. Yeah, come on, Casey. Um, I'm just being an asshole. So. But I mean it. In a surprisingly large victory, the winner, with 48% of the vote, your Luchadora of the Year for the MMM show Lucha Underground Awards is... Ivelisse, the baddest yeah. bitch in the voting. Oh, not sexy stuff. I'm actually, I'm actually surprised by this one. Why? I'm not. Because I feel like Ivelisse didn't get a ton of TV time last year, and I felt like it kind of hurt her overall brand. But she's still resonating a lot with the believers, which is good for her. Like, she, she had a huge moment at the beginning of season two um, that I think people even forgot was in season two. She got a title shot. Yeah, she almost beat Mel Muertes. Yeah, in a yeah, great match. Yeah, it was match. and we all jumped out of our fucking seats and lost our mind when it almost happened. Yeah, now she didn't have uh, a ton of stuff in season two, but she had enough to, to stay in the mix. And, uh, you know, I really thought that... I think that Sexy Star and Taya split a lot of their votes. Like, the Ivelisse fans were firmly behind Ivelisse, and then there's the people that, like, both Taya and Sexy Star were the same people, and that vote got split. Uh, hey, see, I would have voted Ivelisse uh, just on the almost beating Mil Muertes for the title alone. And you know who was second, though, right? Cobra? No, Sexy Star was second. You How get, many votes? What was the percentage on that? How many? What percent of the audience do I think is a piece of shit? <laughs> 23%. Okay, that's only yeah. one in four of you suck. All right, all right. You could, you could add Sexy Star and Taya's votes together, and Ivelisse still beats still them because yeah. she is the best in Lucha Underground. And you guys gave me shit when I drafted her, and she won on the draft choice for best female, uh, best Luchadora pick. And you're like, oh, you're ruining it. You're like, you're rigging the, the vote. And I said, well, no, she's just the best one. And here she is winning in a landslide. Byron, we give you shit because it's fun to give you shit. That's true. I mean, look, I think that the the sexy star supporters are big time. Well, I mean, they're like they're like Hillary Clinton supporters. They're super vocal, super out front. But then, sexy star also has a lot of detractors and a lot of people that just really don't like her. She's a very polarizing uh, figure in wrestling in general, which I think is what you want. You want people to either love you or hate you. What you don't want is people right, to be like. Eh. Hey, right. uh, Justin, question for you. Do you yeah. think the detractors or the supporters know more about Lucha Libre? 
<laughs> you don't have to answer that. It was a rhetorical question. All but right. let me tell you something. We forgot to talk about Ivelisse challenging Katrina for Ultima Lucha 3, and hopefully... Oh, we did! Yeah! That was that was the yeah. other segment that I forgot about, which is amazing. So 40 episodes in advance, yeah. we have a match set up for Ultima Lucha Trace. Yes. Which is amazing. So I want to see heat between these women all season long. Like they better have some fireworks. I, I want to see slap fest every other week between these two. And I gotta say, good luck to Eva Lee because right now she is Lucha Underground's reverse Undertaker and has lost every match in Ultima Lucha. Now, Carly can actually wrestle too. By the way, guys, like Eva Lee is probably a better in-ring performer than Carly because she does it a lot more. But Katrina can can wrestle. If you haven't seen any of her matches, go on YouTube. She's not bad at all. She's also Actually, guys, don't do any of that because Katrina is a ghost that has never wrestled and Justin is Justin's trying to make you think wrestling isn't real right now. Yeah. I'm sorry, this woman no, check out the matches. This woman Carly I really, looks a lot like this woman Carly Price that looks a lot like Katrina. You can see her wrestle on YouTube and she's pretty good. Or look up Maxine in the WWE. I mean, it's, I mean, uh, but honestly, I didn't think she was all that good as Maxine, and I think that her stuff on the indies um, after that was way better. She had a dope match with Joey Ryan. I got to say that. Yeah, that's a great yeah. one. She and that was that between match. season one and two, I think. Uh, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. But so anyway, she's got a year to uh, brush up on her in-ring abilities to accentuate her teleporting and to see if she can actually take it to the baddest bitch in the building. Should be exciting. Yeah. It's not really fair when one of the competitors is um, invincible and can teleport. True. But Yeah, but, I mean, we're talking pinfalls here. We're not talking, like, deathmatch. Yeah, but it's all so Ivelisse has to do is get a pinfall. And they teleport while you're trying to pin them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this this next category, one of my favorite categories, will always be one of my favorite categories. This is a big one, folks. This is almost the the pinnacle of this. Almost should be the last one, but it's not. <laughs> this is match of the year, 2016 match of the year MMM show Lucha Underground Awards. The nominees are Ray versus Puma, which is a big one. Yes. Phoenix versus Mil Muertes. Which one? Which is was decided in in committee. Um, the good one, the better one. Oh, the one where he threw him through the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Sexy versus Mariposa. No mas. Fuck you. <laughs> and Mil Muertes versus Matanza. Dope match. That was really Even good. Consequences. Right, which had which had like some pretty big you know implications. So. The winner. By a landslide, with 49% of the vote, Casey's pick, Sexy Star versus Mariposa in Nomas. You know what's funny? Is that Mariposa didn't even get on our best women's poll, but this is like a big, giant bow on a present wrapped specifically to her that she could carry someone so horrible to the match of the year in our fans' eyes. But uh, I would have voted for graver consequences because I actually thought I was going to die just being at ringside, and that was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, Nomas was... Uh, dude, there were so many matches. Like, this is a category to me that should have yeah. had 12 nominees. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know, and I still I think that Nomas would have won because I think that the the reason why it probably actually really is match of the year is not necessarily because there weren't other matches that the in ring work was just as good or interesting. But this resonated on a level that no other match resonated on last year. It was talked about, it was bitched about, it was loved, it was hated. It sparked a reaction. It was getting the F-bomb on TV. Yeah. Like, the the full gamut of things that you could do to get a reaction from your audience happened in this match. And to be honest, that is the real point of professional wrestling is to get your entire audience engaged in whatever fashion you can, whether it's heat, whether it's a pop, whether it's work rate, whether it's storyline, whether it's uh, controversy, like dropping an F-bomb. This match literally had all of those things, regardless of what you think of Sexy Star as a performer. And I think the style of this match actually suited her better than what she was trying to do with Taya yesterday, oh, yeah. uh, this week on Lucha Underground. Like, her running the ropes? No. Her up in the rafters, bleeding? Check. Maybe she's just fucking Shane Douglas now. You know, maybe she's not the one to be doing a whole bunch of in-ring spots. Maybe she should be doing hardcore matches or something. You know I don't know. I've always hated Shane Douglas, too. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people have. That's why I said that. But I do have to say, only one match this year had the moment that had the camera zoom in on me and me say, holy fucking shit, audibly on TV, and that was Graver Consequence. When he punched through the fucking coffin, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. He had a glove to fight sharks, bro. Come on. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing the greatness of that match, and honestly, I think I voted Ray Puma. I, I voted that, really, too. I just now, we really all look for different Puma. stuff in wrestling, and I look more for the weird, crazy, dark, evil shit that happened in Graver Consequences. That's what I look for in professional wrestling. Well, which is understandable. I mean, you're you're into the macabre and, and horror movies and stuff like that. And, and that is the kind of stuff that draws you to Lucha Underground in general, and it's there in a great abundance. But I think that the average wrestling fan uh, turns on Lucha Underground and is really stoked by the kind of thing that they saw in the No Moss match. What were you going to say, Brian? No, I voted. I I voted it, for, it was a good match. The shit was crazy. It was a good match. I voted for Ray Puma like you. And, and for me, I, like that match. I mean, I I like those two care, those two guys more than I like the two people in any of the other matches. And I have that history watching Ray as a, as a kid growing up. And that match was when I first really saw Ray live. I mean, we were ringside. That was amazing, but that's when I first saw Ray actually deliver the way he was delivering back in ECW, WCW, and yeah. it was. I mean, I think that match was one of the best matches uh, as far as the action, and then as far as getting you invested in what happens. I think so. I mean, it's it's again a super tough category. Like. Yeah. I, and, and you've heard me mention the Taya Cage match a million times, too. I, I almost desperately wanted that to be on here. I don't think it would have gotten very many votes compared to some of these other ones, but I thought that that was a phenomenal match, too. It's Well, it's the main event of Ultima Lucha, Ray and Puma. It's like, by default, that has to be in the talk for one of the best matches. Um, you guys don't think I read the tweets during the show? You guys fucking suck, man. <laughs> <laughs> what? Urban. Oh, nothing. <laughs> nothing to see here. Moving along. 
Um, all right, so let me get to the next one here. What was next after that? I gotta find it. Oh, I was, was trying the, to print all these the out, but then I ran out of ink. Underground episode on the Triple M show. Oh, yeah. Where do you, I'm just killing time while you find it, Justin. <laughs> the next one is. There's some uh, more. There's some more fun ones. We're getting into some of the fun ones now. Best new performer. Um. So. Nightclaw. Is it best new performer? Nightclaw. 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 Let's just give it to Nightclaw and move on. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, best new performer. I mean, and this is interesting, too, because these guys were... There's a lot of new characters in Season 2, and I hadn't really realized it. So yeah. the nominees, the, the ones that got nominated were Cobra Moon. Awesome choice. Dragon Azteca Jr. Awesome choice. Yes. Matanza. Fuck yeah. Who kind of made a Season 1 appearance but never performed. Right, we never actually saw all of him. We and Taya! Taya! Uh, see, Taya feels like she's been there from the beginning to me because I've seen a ton uh, of her in but sec season two was Taya's first season. Where the fuck is Nightclaw? Nightclaw's not on there. Well, he just had the one debut match. Uh. <laughs> I mean, we were... The, look, it was decided by committee. I think you were just not on the DM, but I think me, Urban, and J-Man, and Byron all decided that, uh, that Cobra Moon was going to get that slot and not Nightclaw. Yeah, thanks yeah. for doing a lot of these nominations while I was in a meeting at work, guys. Thanks. What am I supposed to do? The the world keeps turning, man. We had to we had to go because we were supposed to do these last week, so we were in a rush to get them all out. We had a whole extra week. So we have I to hear a bunch of boring shit about airplane valves. Um, so and your winner of best new performer is Dadge Dragon Azteca Jr. Or Aztec Dragon, El Hio of Dragon Aztecs. What did, what did Melissa call him at, at the... That's what they call him. They call him Aztec Dragon. They call him Aztec Dragon Jr. At, yeah. the, at the Lucha World Cup. Yeah, that's what they call him in Triple Ages, period, now. Yeah, Aztec I don't know Jr. why, but yeah, they call him M Yeah, Aztec that was his name Dragon. on his dressing room door and everything. Like, Melissa didn't fuck that up. I know, I know that's hard to believe. Okay. Triple A fucked it up. Yeah, for some reason that's what they call him. Um, yeah, I, I, th that's fine. But what do you think about uh, him coming in in this character and not his his other gimmick? Dude, I, I you know I I know they were gonna give him a new character anyway because it, it's not like Ray Horace was a big name like Doctor Wagner or something that you can't really change him. Yeah, and uh. We knew you were going to have to have a Dragon Azteca coming in soon. And uh, I figured it was him at the end of the first season. I was like the one person that got that right. You're welcome. <laughs> Go back and look at the tweets, maybe. But um, he's, on the indies, he's been one of the guys that I'm like, you got to watch this dude. He's fucking great. Yeah. Didn't he have a huge match with Dragon Lee? He did. Uh, but Dragon Lee fucked him up in that match. Ooh. And uh, that's where he took the move wrong and had a stinger. Uh, but, yeah, he he's, like, an incredible wrestler. Uh, I, I definitely think, like, above and beyond, uh, other than Nightclaw, he would be the person that I would vote to win this. Doesn't he have uh, Ray Horace is still kind of like a Ray Mysterio tribute gimmick, right? Yeah, kind of, but now when he wrestles, he has kind of like a half-dragon Azteca mask when he wrestles. Yeah, 
But Azteca is also, they basically just took him and sort of modified it slightly, put a Lucha Underground flavor on it, but he's still wrestling with that Rey Mysterio uh, sort of lineage, Lucha, Lucha. Right, and they did that so that he could be one of the representatives of the tribes. Yeah. Right. He's Thanks. awesome. I can't wait to see more of, of him fighting people who aren't Black Lotus. Well, and it's weird because I feel like right now he's hovering in this weird, you know, semi-mid-carter status. But though he got the, the, the run-in this week, he got the yeah. save or whatever, um, which was a big moment. That was like one of the big spots, especially. It was the end of the episode, basically, as far as in-ring action went. So Yeah, he saved ball. Ray. That's awesome. But that, I mean, I, I almost feel like him living in Ray's shadow is going to hurt him as a character now. Like I think it was great for the introduction, but he needs he needs to find a good feud. I don't I don't know who that feud is with. Maybe a a Tejano or you know something like that. I don't know. Like if you could get him in a feud with Tejano and Cage somehow, or some of those other guys that are are big dudes, bigger than him, I think it would help to elevate his status as one of in being in the top tier as opposed to being in the the mid rung. Justin, yeah. what about Matanza? What about Matanza, dude? What like I can't wait till season five when he finally loses the fucking belt. What do you no, mean? What I about mean, Matanza? Dragon Azteca Junior. He's a big athletic guy too. Well, yes, yeah, got... but but Matanza at this point, I don't see them ever taking the belt off Matanza. I mean, if they they yeah. there's twenty more names on the dial of doom or whatever, and. Yeah. Wait until he's beaten everybody at the top of the card. I, I mean, it's going to have yeah. to take some fucking uh, a cinder block from heaven match where cinder blocks are just falling from the sky the whole time to beat Matanza at this point. It is I interesting that... I heard that he jobs to an anvil. Uh, I read it in the Wrestling Observer newsletter uh, that they drop an anvil on his head and pin him. That's the spoiler? Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Let me just put it to you that way. That, that's about the only way you're going to beat him. It is surprising that that the guy who is undefeated, who is the champion, and who literally beat the whole roster in one match, only got twenty five percent of the votes for best new performer. <laughs> like, what else is he supposed well, to do? But but at the same time, I think that that is because good point. Because he was given a gimmick to be a world beater, and some of these other performers really had to go out and earn it a little bit more. I mean, like his spot. Yeah. There could have been other people in his spot that would have probably still made it great. Well, I think the the Matanza character is sort of holding him back, like early Undertaker, where he's given a lumbering heel monster type gimmick, so he can't do the pizza DDT and get the big pops, you know. Which yeah, which but that's look, go there, to an indie but... show, guys. I'm, I'm it's not I'm case Fabe's gonna get mad at me, but go watch Jeff Cobb on an indie oh! show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You'll see him run the ropes. You'll see him do exciting stuff and still do some of the power spots. And you'll get to see the full breadth of, of <laughs> how the guy can wrestle. And then, honestly, that's going to give you even more appreciation for what he's doing here. I don't and, know what this has to do with Matanza, but I have to say that Jeff Hopkins <laughs> is a great wrestler, and he's a really nice guy. And I like him as a person and as a wrestler, and I support anything he does, even if it has nothing to do with Matanza. Yeah, and you just got to know, this is a guy who right. can do a 25-minute a match of, you know, crazy high spots and fun running around kind of stuff. 
That's all I'm gonna I've say. seen them do some similar shit. Uh, you know, maybe he's a big fan of Matanza. Who isn't? Exactly. Well, um, I believe Jeff said that Matanza was a gimmick stealing son of a bitch, right? <laughs> oh, that makes sense. They should have. They should fight. Because Jeff didn't make the PWI 500, and Matanza did, Matanza I think. Did. You they, know, they also thought that uh, the AR Fox was kill shot, so... Uh, and I yeah. believe Dragon Azteca Jr. and Ray Horace both made it, wasn't that? No, it was uh, it was Cuerno and Ejo de Fantasma. That's what it was. He's got to be really sitting there going, really? I made it twice? He said it was, he said it was ooh la la. <laughs> Amazing. Um... All right, so moving on, best standalone vignette. So this is a best standalone vignette, not tied to a huge storyline. Gotcha. Your nominees are 37 confirmed kills, the kill shot vignette. Fucking right. The perfect <laughs> woman, the Taya vignette. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. pretty good. 423, get fame. Talking the original car commercial 423, get fame one. Oh, to the robber. <laughs> and uh, and the season opener, a much darker place, which even though it had storylines that kind of continued, was kind of its own thing with Vamp getting out of the uh, asylum and whatnot. That was Dude, so cool. yeah. I uh, I ugh, okay. I personally would have picked, of course, the first one. Thirty-seven confirmed kills. That was dope, dude. That was the shit. I was a big G.I. Joe Mark as a kid. Uh, I was too. I voted for a much darker place. I think the cinematic intro with Vampiro in the asylum, uh, I think that was just so well done. And uh, and then it had the badass car. And I thought that was the best one for me. I really liked one that didn't get nominated, which was the Moth Family one. That was, uh, I think it was how they introduced Mariposa. Yeah, and the and the book and the moth tribe book, yeah, which was blank. I love that was phenomenal too. Yeah, how did that not even get nominated? We might not have even thought of that. One. Well, all yeah, the new characters the fucking meeting is why. <laughs> all the new characters got a vignette. So Taya got one. Um, Cobra Moon got one. Where the uh, fuck's Nightclaw's vignette? Nightclaw had the meeting with Dario, where Dario's like. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, I want a saucer full of milk. Give me a saucer full of milk. Do a bunch of flips while wearing cat gloves. Give See me some catnip, motherfucker. That's how he ta- He's a cat, dude. He likes catnip. And then he's like, your tribe is full of vicious. I don't know. He was on fire at Ultima Luchador, so I really, I really look forward to seeing him some more. Yeah, he wasn't I, in the season three. Uh, he wasn't in the season three preview though. Which huh? one? I didn't see him in the season three preview at all. Did you? Oh, it's because what Nightclaw does in season three is so awesome that they don't want to spoil. <coughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, I hope he's still smart. around. I mean, he's thing. a he's a good performer, and uh, I don't think he's got a permanent home anywhere else right now. So, um, mm-hmm. well, the winners, the winners in a tie. Ooh. Are, and one was slightly ahead of the other one. I don't know exactly what that means, but I think they got the same amount of votes. I yeah. think there's just no way to do a point five in here. The winners are four two three get fame and a much darker place. Huh. Both with thirty three point five percent of the vote. 
You know, I start to think that I I look for different things in wrestling than a lot of our listeners do, but that's cool. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that, you know... Those are good segments, though. I'm happy for Famous B, though. Look, a lot of people popped yeah. for that. A lot of people called the phone number, and it kind of turned into a bigger ongoing gimmick. Um, and a lot, and there's a lot of Vampiro fans, too. you you got to yeah. know that. I mean, Vampiro is super fucking over. So, the get same thing just completely... got Funny Bone on the show this week? What's oh. That? From, uh, from Freak Show Wrestling... You know, just make people think I'm Funny Bone the whole time? <laughs> I might get us some people. I saw Funny Bone. He's awesome. Dude, Funny Bone is wrestling someone awesome soon in Vegas, and I forget who, but it's it, it looked Cody. great. Cody's yeah, going Cody. to He's, he's going to fight Cody? I yeah, saw Cody he had a cage match before um, the uh, Kevin Cross, Matt, Broken, Hardy uh match he had a cage match too and it was really awesome and then Sin Bodhi came in and everyone was cheering and Sin Bodhi turned on him and I was really wondering why anyone was paying attention to Sin Bodhi in the ring because he's fucking Kazardi bro Fizzuck is you bitch <laughs> nice I think I fucked that up but yeah but who wouldn't <laughs> um so yeah, that was our first tie, and I, I think I voted for 37 confirmed kills too. Um, that really made me actually very interested in Killshot's character, and that was after he had already debuted too, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. It was when it was when like the first part of the season he was kind of a JTTS, uh, which is old man internet lingo for jobber to the stars. Savio Vega. Yeah, basically, and uh, or like Tito Santana. But then he came back with the military flair, so they needed it. It was like a reset button to his character, which I thought was a good idea. Yeah, why not? Take him seriously, you know? There was nothing nothing about the other stuff that he did that would have dissuaded that. So, yeah, there was no reason not to do it. He did have that good match with Johnny Mundo before that, though. He did. That was was pretty cool. It was like first episode, maybe. But he lost. Yeah, well, of course. Just like Tito Santana. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so moving on to the best official in the MMM show Lucha Underground Awards. The best I, official, we're talking referees here, basically. Oh, I, fucking I have, Justin, let's go. I have I have some beef with this poll. Okay, so your nominees are the world-famous Justin Borden. Woo! The, uh... Master of shots to the chin, Rick Knox. Rick Knox. That sounds dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the head official of Lucha Underground, Marty Elias. Marty Elias. Marty. As he throws his Gene Simmons kiss picks at you. Let me tell you something. One of those guitar picks is going to hit someone in the eyeball, which is why I voted for... Everyone's favorite referee, Justin Borden. Not my favorite. I'm wondering how he got any votes. Because I voted. Well, without spoiling the result, I will just tell you right now that Justin did somehow get like 14% of the vote. Yeah, yeah, dude. Alt accounts up. Woo! <laughs> I don't have any alt accounts. But your winner, in, in a relatively uh, landslide fashion, Marty Elias with 57% of the vote. That's our biggest win so far yeah. of any category. Oh, no, Dragon Azteca Jr. was 63%. Um, yeah. 
But Over, Marty Elias pretty that. pretty handily won that one. Rick Knox was up there with 29%, though. Rick definitely has some fans, and Rick is a solid referee. But Marty Elias, um, I was noticing at uh, Triple Mania just how his pacing is so much better than a lot of other referees out there. And I'll get into Triple Mania in a minute because we haven't talked about that yet. But um, Marty Elias wins that one, which is great. Byron and I talked to him a little bit at the Lucha Underground Season 2 finale. Yes. Um, He's the man. He's got some great stories, too. And, wow. and, I mean, he really is the third man involved in all those matches, and you start to take it for granted. But then you talk to Marty about some of those matches that he's refed, and you're just like, damn, that's amazing. I mean, Dude, it's like, he refed Taker Sean, the good one. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like, he's just got some unique perspectives on, on stuff, and he's really a great referee. And part of the style of Lucha Underground has really been dictated by Marty. I mean, he really created... A, a good portion of what they're doing there. So I think he deserves it, especially this year. Um, you know, maybe if Rick takes about five or six more super kicks that the fans really like, maybe he'll get it next year. Hey, guys, Justin if I take has my no hat off, oh. it makes me look like I have Ron Simmons's hairline. You look good. No, that's a good look for you. You look uh, like Ron Cheney. Damn. Farooking it up. He has the same hairline as Colobus from uh, Clash of the Titans. Shout out to my nerds. That's a good What's reference. Up? Here's Favorite a tough reference. one, guys. This is an interesting one, and I think this is going to be even harder next year. But this is the award for the best flippy shit guy in Lucha Underground in our 2016 MMM show, Lucha Underground Awards. The best you know, flippy shit. I got shit. it, and I placed the first vote, and I tried to get you to close the poll. <laughs> so I'm interested to see how it turned out because it wouldn't let you close the poll. Um, this one was fairly close the whole time, and actually, during the polling, this one was going back and forth a lot, and this one got I a lot of I watched it, getting disgusted, threw up in my mouth a little. Um, the winner of Best Flippy Shit Guy in the MMM show Lucha Underground Awards is... Prince Puma! The... Prince oh. Puma! Wait, we didn't list the people. Oh, your your oh your nominees are Aerostar, Jack Evans, Prince Puma, and Johnny Mundo. I voted Jack Evans. Uh, um, you know, and it was tough to not put Killshot in this category as well. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that would have changed things much. In fact, I think that probably would have just stolen votes from Jack Evans, if anything. But. Everybody got votes. Mundo got crushed, though. Mundo only got 10%. And I think people, because of his physique and build, d discount him as a flippy shit guy. But he's a flippy shit guy. He's a flippy shit guy. I, I think <laughs> it's just because Jack Evans is better than Johnny Mundo in every way. He is. Yeah. Well, here's the interesting thing. Sorry. Puma, Puma won with 40% of the votes. The man yeah. who invented Puma's finish got 30%. 30% of the votes. Yeah, it's like, hey, why don't you guys uh, see who invented the 630, all right? Well, and look, I, I I think that Jack Evans probably deserved it, but, and it's funny, because if Ricochet was in Lucha Underground, I'd probably give it to Ricochet, but I wouldn't give it to Prince Puma. I don't believe that as Prince Puma, he's performing in the same flippy shit style that he does elsewhere at all. I don't and know it's what like, you're talking about, but 
Well, uh, I'm talking about the fact that I feel like I feel like some of these votes came from Japan, if you know what I'm saying. I feel like yeah, some of these votes came from England. I voted for Puma. But why? Based on his Lucha Underground performances? Yeah, he's still a luchador. He still does the Ranas. He still does all the crazy high-flying stuff. And and his finish is off the top rope. Okay. Um, you know, and then he had and that match with Ray. Jack Evans, the true innovator of Lucha Underground and the inventor of modern Lucha Libre. I th- but, you know, I'm also weighing into that Prince Puma is kind of like the biggest deal at the temple. Um, Jack Evans, I think as, I think he's a good second place. Look, um, there's no arguing that Prince Puma is higher up the card, but I think I've seen, honestly, in season two specifically, I've seen more impressive flippy shit from Mundo, like in the Cage in the Cage match. Yeah. Um, and from Jack Evans in any match that he's in, I've seen more impressive flippy shit stuff from them, and it's not Puma's fault. <laughs> I think that his matches have been written and agented and the, the people that he's been up against a certain way that he's not doing the all the stuff that he's necessarily capable of. But at the same time, I think for season two of Lucha Underground, Prince Puma is not the right choice for that award. Hey, Byron, if he figured out how to do a flip before he gave someone the asshole poke, would you have voted for Jack? Um... No, he. Well, what would you call that? Is that like a space tiger butthole punch? No, like if the guy's face down on the mat and then he does a shooting star press and then does it. Oh yeah. Well, it depends because one time he did it as the shocker, where he was like, he did it in the corner. He gave the shocker. Gang sign, by the way. No, but what's what? I called it the shocker. Yeah. No, but what's the what's the move where you're going corner to corner and you do kind of like a cartwheel backflip and then something? Backspring elbow? Yeah. That's a hmm. But then Brian's confusing it with the space flying tiger drop, which is over the top rope. Yeah, it's like the setup to space. It's just a handspring elbow, dude. And then yeah. so you do like the flippy stuff into the. What are you on What's about? Gentle. Anyway, it's the shocker because he did it like this. He did the flippy stuff, and then Jack finished the flippy stuff with the shocker into Phoenix. I can't wait for him to wrestle Sexy Star. It's just oh man, Sexy Star's a boxer, dude. She's gonna knock people's heads off. She punches holes in the brick walls. So now listen, listen here. We're getting on to our next award: best specialty match. In Lucha Underground. Best specialty match. Your nominees are... I'll read the nominees this time. Sorry, I fucked it up last time. Graver Consequences. Yes. Nunchucks. Fucking dope. Cage in a Cage. Yeah. Aztec Warfare. Good. Gift of the Gods did not make it this time, but there was variations on Gift of the Gods last year. There was the Elimination one, and then the Straightforward one. Yeah. Oh, they're all like elimin- elimination matches. I think the like, the the wow, the one that Cage won was it? I don't think it was. No, that it wasn't. One? It was just a straight seven man. Whoever wins wins. Okay. Yeah. And so then the- I think now I think now they're all elimination. I think they've switched it to be an elimination style. Yeah, because Cage had Chavo get pinned, uh, had Chavo win, and fucked it up for everyone. Um. So. Your winner 
Um, in a close one with 35% of the vote, Aztec Warfare. Yeah. It's everyone's favorite specialty match. And it's a game changer. I think that's the reason why Aztec Warfare appeals to people. It is... Uh, it's not like Royal Rumble in its content, but it is like Royal Rumble in its implications in oh, Lucha Underground. Well, this year it was a lot like Royal Rumble in its content because WWE stole the fucking finish from Aztec Warfare's tapings. They really did. It was really, really obvious. Which all of you that say I'm full of shit realize that Aztec Warfare was taped about three months before the Royal Rumble, okay? Then get back to me. And it was heavily spoilered. It was one of the moments from last yeah. year that was heavily spoilered. There, because there it was a, Ray's debut, so fucking news got everywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, in fact, it might have been the most spoilered thing last year, even more than title changes. Yeah. It kind of usually is the most spoilered event of the season. But it's the biggest event, too. I mean, it's biggest the most... Event. Yeah. yeah, it's the most Lucha Underground match that they have. Uh, I think uh, DJ said he and Roach had been writing a match like that, trying to come up with that match, work developing it for many years. And now at Lucha Underground, they're able to really implement it. Um, it's, I mean, it's a, it's kind of about a royal or royal rumble, but it's pretty unique for for that type of match. Well, I'm glad they're doing the uh, weapons of mass destruction thing because, I mean, Lucha Underground has kind of created their own gimmick matches, but I was almost hoping that they would keep evolving over time and turn into different stuff. But I guess they kind of have believers backlashes is evolving oh. and. And like we just said, yeah. Gift of the Gods has kind of evolved into an elimination-style thing. and um, You know, so maybe Aztec Warfare, I wonder if there's ways to switch it up, or if they can just keep throwing in new and exciting ones like Nunchucks. And, you know, I'm glad that they're keeping their cage matches more traditional style, though, because everyone has tried to modify the cage match or make it into a King of the Mountain or, you know, mm -hmm. Hell in a Cell or this, that, and the other thing. It's like, yeah, let's just have a cage match. I can't wait for the swords match in season three. Are they going to do that? I don't know what's oh, going on I'm with sorry, all the swords. Spoilers. I'm sorry. People are stupid too, man. People are like, "Was that the same sword getting dragged across the ground?" That dog. No, one was like a sword on the end of a spear. People like yeah, ninja one wasn't style. even a fucking sword. How about that? Oh, I couldn't. <laughs> it got to a point where I couldn't listen to people talk about the the trailer anymore, I or saw the poster. Like I people, saw some people uh, talk about the trailer. They're asking DJ who the lady with the red hair was. Wow. I've never watched the show before. Yeah, and more people thinking that uh, Phoenix was Ray. Which DJ confirmed it's Phoenix. Yeah. With oh. Melissa? The guy yeah. in the Phoenix Max mask yeah. standing next He's to... Standing next to Phoenix's Phoenix. car? With yes, the fucking firebird on? Confirmed. people got to not watch tra trailers on a fucking cell phone, okay? Well, that dude, honestly, the first time I saw it, it was like, I told you, uh, the Chavo thing had me thinking it was Jessica Havoc. <laughs> Fucking J-Man thought Katrina was Sammy Callahan. <laughs> okay, so, versa. okay, we can't be too mad at some people then. Like, just don't don't go on the internet before you watch it on a big screen. Don't, don't comment <laughs> on this shit off your phone. Yes. Because, I mean, those are like, some of those aren't even two-second clips. And you can't tell what's going on in a two-second clip from your fucking cell phone. Yeah. Um, 
Wait, we got some more awards, don't we? I'm sorry, I'm just chewing and wooing. Woo! Woo! Um, uh, yes, we do. We have um, our favorite announced team personality. Oh, God. Wow. Who are the nominees, Byron? We have Vampiro, Melissa Santos, and Matt... Matt how do you pronounce that? Math, Matthew. 3K. Stryker. Stryker. 3K. It's French. It's 3K? 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 Yeah. Um, For Matt Stryker? It, no, it's pronounced 3K. He's French. And so who's the loser, Byron? Well, with 8% of the vote, we have Matt Stryker. As the loser. Who? Everybody else won. Obje- who, uh, Matt Stryker, objectively, is the one who probably does the most work. And it's probably, the, yeah. He's awesome. Stryker's awesome. Yeah, we all love Stryker. Stryker's great, it, but you know, like he's the one that he's the one that, like, if you need something said or done, like he's the one who does it. And, and he's then, broed me out personally, like so many times. Like I felt bad when I saw these results. Like Matt will always come up and talk at the temple, always say hi. He's so nice. Yes. He's so nice. You people are dicks. Like, if I needed to get a message to Vampiro or Evie Dub, he's always <laughs> taking it to him. Like, if you, need, if you needed to talk if, to someone else, he'll help you out. You if know, you need a ride from the fucking mental hospital, he's there for you? When I had that rash, he totally talked to me about it and, like, commiserated with me. And it was, like, you know, it was really nice. Are you and, saying he's an expert in rashes? He's saying he's the one who gave him the rash. I'm uh, saying I'm saying if you ever have leaky staff issues, um, Stryker can definitely tell you about it. I don't want my staff leaking. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically Vampiro and Melissa both tied at 46%. Um, in a dead tie for best... Announced team personality. So, Melissa Santos, Vampiro, congratulations. You're both winners of Aluchi. Alugi. Aluchi. What are we calling this award? And me. There's a tiebreaker that the uh, award should go to the person that didn't fuck Pentagon out of a title win. Oh. So, you're giving it to Melissa? Yeah. Okay. I yep. think Byron would. Uh, uh, I, I I'm sorry, Byron's not a real Pentagon fan. In his Alberto Del Rio shirt. Pride and dignity. That's what yeah. Alberto stands for, and that's what I stand for. And not putting over Pentagon. Yeah. Um, oh, that was that was I'm a huge I'm a huge junior. Melissa Santos fan, and uh, I I think she can do no wrong, literally, even when yeah. she does. But at the same time. I might not even be doing this show right now or watching wrestling were it not for Vampiro and his mm-hmm. old school WCW run and cool shit. I I I love him on the commentary on the show too. I think he's just part of the heart and soul of the whole fucking product. So um now and you know you know how you can tell how much you love Vampiro on commentary is when they replaced him at Ultima Lucha one. You fucking missed him the whole time. Yeah, it was awful. At least yeah. I did. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't good. Well, I, I didn't think it was bad at all. Um, I like Chevello's other work. I, I wasn't buying it instead of Vampiro, dude. You need like well, a greedy dude that's seen some shit. 
I feel like Chevello and Stryker are too similar in a lot of ways. Like right. they're, they're yeah. your straight guy with hype, and they were just kind of going back and forth doing the same thing. You didn't have that that other guy there. You didn't have a color commentator. Basically, you had two lead announcers. Yeah, um, and then you're just stepping all over each other. Yeah, and honestly, in that moment, but I almost I I gotta tell you honestly, I kind of blame Stryker for that. In that moment, you have Chevello coming in, and he's a little colder to the product. He's got to do more of a straight thing, and I would have liked to have seen Stryker maybe go a little more heel color commentary just that day. You want Stryker? You know what I like that Stryker did there though is that before the show, he came over to all of us and he's like, "This is my friend Michael. He'll be joining us on commentary today." <laughs> he like introduced us, introduced them to all fans. I'm not bullshitting. He seriously fucking did that, and I thought that was cool. Well, and it's funny because I think a lot of those guys probably didn't know who he was, but you know, being a huge MMA and wrestling mark myself, I knew who Chevello was. I mean, he does a lot of kickboxing too. too, a ton of kickboxing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was Boss Root. It's funny because we probably should have put Chevello on this list just to round it out and have four. That would have been funny. I, I would have put He's Boss Rootin' on the list, even though we had nothing to do with Lucha Underground, and I would have no, voted for him because he's my favorite commentator, commentator in fucking anything in life. All right, here comes another fun award for you guys. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just saw the fourth person on this list. Yeah, I didn't know this either. Um, best tough guy. Best tough guy. So we're talking like a badass bruiser in Lucha Underground. Oh, I hope it's Jack Evans. Your nominees are... <laughs> no, Jack did not make the nomination list. Your nominees are Tejano. Yeah. Cage. Yeah. Daga. All right. Uh-huh. PJ Black. Wow. And your winner with 48% of the vote. PJ Black. Cage. The man, Cage. Whose idea was PJ Black? Well, here's the thing, Casey. PJ Black got more votes than Daga. <laughs> you know what? As he probably should. Because all Daga did was fucking lose. But Rusty. Daga is tough as fuck, man. With his strong style wrestling, he's fucking badass. Like, he should be in Japan or something. Like, I think he just got no, no respect. I love Daga. Daga's a great um, wrestler. Tejano was uh, leading this poll for quite a while, and then the Cage fans came out of the woodwork and put him over the top. But Tejano got 37%. I voted for Tejano. Yeah, um, I would I vote for too. Tejano. Daga... I Black being on there, though, so I might have voted for him. Just Daga a- got a big, fat goose egg. He is our oh, other yeah. zero. I yeah. can't believe that Daga got zero. I thought at least one of the, the ladies who thought he was hot or something would vote for Daga. Yeah. Um, and PJ well, Black got 15%. Yeah, maybe 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 uh, Daga lost to the Tejano vote. Cobra Moon should have voted for Daga. Yeah, what up? Yeah, I don't know that that whole storyline is weird. We didn't see any of that in the uh, the premiere episode. I wonder where that's going. I wonder where Nightclaw was. Probably hanging out with Daga. I'm gonna say that on every episode until I see Nightclaw. Nightclaw um, was on fire. They should have him wrestle again. Well, maybe he'll get the winner of uh, Killshot and Marty. I so, just want Nightclaw to come on our show. Call him up. Um, does he speak English? Oh, he speaks uh, Bane. Yeah. Why would you a piece of shit? <laughs> what? 
Feud. He sent me a signed picture saying that we're friends. He said Amigo Best on it. Feud. Uh, that, that, was not, that was not Nightclaw. That was Octagon Jr. who has disappeared off the face of the earth and is probably dead. So that's a collector's item. Ooh. Yeah, Octagon Jr. is it's buried. I wonder All right. The, the nominees for Best Feud are Pentagon and Matanza, Worldwide Underground versus The Dream Team, Marty versus Killshot, which is still going on, so that was kind right. of a later later in the season one. Um, and Dario versus Katrina. And the oh, winner yeah. of your best feud in the 2016 MMM show Lucha Underground Awards, the Lucha goes to Dario versus Katrina. Yeah. Katrina's hey. second big win, Dario's first big win. It's I'm going to count argue. that as a win for graver consequences because yeah. that was the accumulation of that feud, yeah. and nobody else it didn't win anything else. So I got to take I got to take it. It's hard to argue against that for two reasons. One, um, especially after seeing uh, Katrina's uh, ring outfit from this week's show, um, you just you don't vote against Katrina in any category. But what two, did you, what did you put against Katrina? I know it's just that, especially at, you know, especially after seeing um, her ring outfit from this past show, which we had great seats for. Uh, <laughs> you, you always vote for Katrina; she's fantastic. But also that this feud was had the most had the biggest implications out of any other feud. This is fighting over control of the temple and the championship, and that makes it just by default so much more important than all the other ones. I don't know why Killshot's um, feuding with a ref, though. That's weird. Not that Marty. Marty the Moth. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, that makes a little more sense. Um, oh, as I'm scrolling up here, I'll throw a shout-out out to Colin Herbert. Um, yes. His article, the his Curtain Jerker article on the Season 3 stuff was really awesome because he doesn't know a lot of what we know about Season 3, so he can write this <laughs> purely speculative conjecture, and I can't confirm or deny some of it, but some of it is on the money, and some of it is so far off base. But it's really awesome. Um, it got a lot of people pumped for season three. I think he got Call a ton it. of hits. Call it. It's all wrong. He's just being nice. Everything you wrote is wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, also, yeah, so. um, he also retweeted our live stream right now. Oh, oh yeah. Everyone so get on Colin Hebert's... Uh, right. Every single thing was right. You should read that article. Anyway, check out Colin Hebert's articles whenever he writes them. They're they're awesome. Um, yeah, he's a good dude too. Yeah, and he's uh, he's an Ohio guy. Moving on, oh, that's best funny. Rudo, best Rudo. The nominees are Johnny Mundo, Famous B, Jack Evans, and Marty the Moth Martinez. And your winner of Best Rudo in the 2016 MMM Show Lucha Underground Awards, the Lucha goes to Johnny Mundo with 70% of the vote. You are a heel, Johnny. You know what? Well, you guys are probably thinking Jack Evans should get this, but I'm here to Jack tell Evans you. Jack should get this because you know what? Jack wore his fucking merch to talk to Dario. When fucking Mundo was wearing regular-ass glasses, no crosses, what the fuck was that this week? Well, I know, but I I'm here to tell you, man. Like, when I took my newbies to, to Lucha Underground last, they were over the moon about Johnny Mundo and how awesome a heel he was. I mean, and they liked Jack, too, but, dude, 
Mundo is just he he has turned a corner in his yeah. overall performance. And don't forget, he had a lot of AutoZone spots too. I mean, you just can't compete with that. Best Rudo. Mundo. No, Charlie, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. I'm just I'm I'm angry just because I hate Johnny Mundo so much. I just want to boo and give him my middle finger every time we talk about him. Now, I took I took some shit for this one because um, of two people that weren't in here, two or three people that weren't in here. Mil Muertes wasn't in here. Um, Matanza was not nominated, and Pentagon was not nominated. Hey, can I can I respond to that? Because please I got do. A no. Okay, listen, people. The reason that Matanza, Mil Muertes, and Pentagon were not in this poll is because they are not bad people. Every single thing they have done is completely justified and good. Thank you. All that Matanza's doing... Look, you're calling him a bad guy just because the homeboy is mentally handicapped? Dude is fucking just fighting for his brother's love and honor and maybe some, like, SpaghettiOs. Fucking Pentagon, everything he's done... Correct and right. I'm sorry. Look, some of you might say... Randomly oh, breaking people's arms is is clearly Rudo. Come on. To be yeah, fair, dude, those people what, had it what, coming. What are arms for? For breaking. It's like, how are you going to punctuate a win if it isn't breaking someone's arm? And some of you say, what about the time you went over and attacked the innocent ring announcer? Obviously, she was mean mugging him, bro. Come on. Well, I, I will put it to you this way. I'll put it in simpler terms. Um, Mil Muertes... Is a Rudo, but he doesn't speak. And oh, he, he speaks enough. Look, he, he speaks occasionally, but but no he's not. Is. He's also not a Rudo in the same regards that some of these other guys are. He's not. Um, he he just kind of does tough guy stuff, and he's not really actively looking to do bad things so all as I'm much as Katrina is. Is for people to walk a mile in Mil Muertes' shoes, and then they'll see how justified you are. I'd like to see you be such a nice person when you've died two times, motherfuckers. And his family died in the big earthquake of exactly. Mexico City. Exactly, he's right. an orphan like Batman. Is right. Batman yeah. a bad person? No. And I'll agree. I'll agree with the Matanza thing. Matanza might be a huge babyface, as far as we know, but but Dario is the heel that's controlling him. Um, and then Pentagon. Pentagon is actually a tweener. He does Rudo stuff, but it gets him over, and that is the classic definition of a tweener. From the time that Steve Austin was doing it and when The Rock was doing it and any of those guys, to the point where they did it so well that they got turned, they had to get face turned, um, Pentagon is the same thing. Like He is a, a true heel in the nature of what he does, true Rudo, but at the same time, he is so over that you cannot put him in a Rudo category. And also, look, if not taking any shit and breaking a couple arms makes you a bad person, well, then I'm a piece of shit. Well, I think, that, really I think the funny thing is... It, arm. I'll break your arm. Fine. As good and evil. Well, believers. Oh, I think we lost Justin. Pentagon. What happened? Where's Justin? Okay, Jason. there you go. Oh, oh, you and me. Let's do it. So, I think the, the whole thing just died for a minute. Casey, next I'm surprised category, you didn't show up to my house to do a, a webcast. 
That's, well, you can't uh, you can't have a favorite Rudo without having a favorite uh, Technico. Yes, <laughs> this is gonna be a good one. All right, Byron, read them off. All right, uh, your contenders for Primero Technico and El Lucha Underground, uh, the Underground fights struggles. If you Google Translate, we have Son of Havoc. <laughs> Ray Mysterio. I can't really make this out. Can you read the third one, Casey? Are you looking uh, at the list? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the video of this conversation. I can't see the list. Just fucking uh, read it. The third one is Sexy Star. <laughs> and the fourth one is Phoenix. Phoenix, wow. if you're from Tennessee. Phoenix. Yeah. It's also Matunza, if you're from Tennessee. Matunza. Uh, look, let me let me tell you the definition of a technico for people that don't know. It's someone that's not willing to do whatever it takes to win and <laughs> cries about everything. Uh, oh, you guys are horrible. <laughs> that's the definition of a technico. Because you know what? If you're not willing to kick someone in the dick, you're not trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm always trying. Dick kick city. Who's the winner, Byron? And the winner so is... We got, with 15% of the vote, we have a tie between Son of Havoc and Rey Mysterio, which is weird that that those two would be equals in any poll. Mm-hmm. No offense to Son of Havoc. Son of Except Havoc for also. maybe the height poll. Um, yes. And now above them, with, with over double, with 31%, we have Sexy Star. Sexy Star is twice as good as Rey Mysterio, Casey. But yeah, our listeners suck, man. <laughs> but with 39% of the vote, wow. Phoenix, former Lucha champion, former Gift of the Gods champion, former current... Current trios champion. Current yeah. trios champion. The first... Triple crown champion. all are triple crown... <laughs> He's champion. the first ever triple crown... Uh, yeah, whatever. Lucha Underground champion. He won the Preetness, and no. And he's undefeated. Is he undefeated? No, no. He's undefeated in Graver Consequence matches. Because Mill just killed him in a non-Graver Consequences match. That's inconsequential, sir. He's undefeated in all the matches he's won. There we go. He makes (laughs) the most duck faces. You can ever imagine for someone who actually wears a mask. You know how your mom tells you your face will freeze that way? I think That's his did. <laughs> hey, did you guys see the uh, the 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 Fentagon, the Phoenix uh, costume? Yeah, it, it was Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, it was great. I thought uh, it was okay, dude. Those guys. That was awesome, like a Pentagon mask, but with the Phoenix rooster thing. Uh, dope as hell. I like Pentagon's Hayabusa masks. Those yeah. are really badass. Yeah. You think Phoenix would be a big Hayabusa fan since they basically have the same name? I don't know, man. The Phoenix mask might be the first mask I buy. That or a kill shot mask. I like yeah. their older uh, duo masks where they weren't the same mask. So oh, Pentagon yeah, where, had... where uh, Pentagons look like Wolverine kind of. Yeah, and then Phoenix yeah. had some of the Pentagon stuff, but they weren't the same mask. Whereas, I think Hoke has that mask, actually. 
Oh yeah. Okay. I know. I know someone bought them and then he sold them to buy a different mask. Yeah, there's more than one copy of that mask floating around. Is the thing. All right, so I gotta ask you guys: Do you guys agree with uh, Phoenix here? I was I was absolutely shocked that Rey Mysterio did not win this category. I have a question: How come Puma isn't on the list? Because Puma was acting like an asshole at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> because he didn't go out of the season really as a true Technico. That's true. I mean, the whole second half of the season, he was kind of wishy-washy in his Technico-ness. That's true. Hey, he stole the flippy shit from Jack Evans, so he got there his you go. there's your award. How come Jack Evans isn't on this list? I know, because he's number one in all of our hearts. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys agree, though, that Phoenix over Ray here? This is this one was surprising to me. And you I know, like Phoenix, Phoenix as a baby. Done in the season, because this season, he won... He won all three titles this season because yeah. he lost the gift of the gods and won it back. So he literally won all three of the triple crown titles this season. So that's that's as big of a fucking thing as you can, dude. If there was a wrestler of the year, it should be the guy that won all three titles. Yeah, Ray is more of he's still more of like a legacy wrestler for season two. You know, well, I mean, and he is one of the look. Ray is one of the top faces in the company, and by that, I don't mean just baby faces. I just, I mean like faces of the product, right. which is why I think I just expected him. I, I tend to agree with the Phoenix call more. I just didn't think other people out there would say that. I think people would. I thought people would look at that list and see Ray Mysterio's name on it and just click Ray Mysterio. Um, yeah, and I think people voted for Sexy Star to piss me off. Come on. I, but I would expect Ray to be second place. You know, yeah. I'd expect Ray to have more than half of sexy. Sexy is the one on this list that is currently holding a, a title and you know oh, had the is. match of the year. Oh. Nomas was considered the match of the year. All right. Here it is, guys. The final, the last, the penultimate, the uh, the ultimate, the final, the coup de gras, the moment you've all been waiting for, the thing that you've sat through all the commercials on this way too long extended broadcast that has gone on forever and ever. Sorry, Josh. The part of the yeah. show that Josh will never see. Um, the final award for Luchador of the Year. The nominees are Pentagon Jr. slash Dark. Rey Mysterio Jr. Matatha. Matanza Cueto and Mil Muertes. And your winner with 48% of the vote, the Luchador of the Year for 2016 MMM Show Lucha Underground Awards is Pentagon Dark! You know what, listeners? You've redeemed yourself in my eyes. At least <laughs> half of you did. Shh. <laughs> I love it. Man, I was actually mad in that match yesterday when people were still talking and making noise when Pentagon went to light up that man's chest. Like, be quiet. Don't you guys know how this goes? <laughs> Shut your mouth. People were paying him $100 to chop them. 
One of those? One of those forward chops? Yeah. Fuck no. That, you, uh, no. No, he, like, would have to, he would have to give me $300 to do one of those, at least. What kind of mark would do that? Byron, shut it. You know you. Look. No, I'll Byron, I'm pretty that, sure man. the last time I saw you go to a wrestling show, you came back with like photos with you and the champ and you and Katrina. And like you are yeah. a huge mark. You bought shirts. Did you buy me a shirt, by the way? You didn't I did. Buy, did you? I did. It's somewhere around here. All right. He bought you a Senior Benjamin shirt. Oh, I would love that shirt. Senior Benjamin's awesome. That would be awesome. All right, so the last thing I want to close with today before we get out of here, uh, I quickly want to talk about, because we promised to do it, we were going to actually do a full review of the show if we had done our show last week, but we didn't. Um, Triple Mania. Did you guys oh. see this show? Byron, did you ever watch this thing? No. You guys never watched Triple Mania this year, huh? I, I was traveling around too much. I don't. I need to. Wa I want to watch it, but you I know, it's going to be on TV in a week, which means it's going to be on YouTube for free. Um, yeah. But I didn't watch out of protest because I think they're doing my boys dirty in Triple A, and I don't like it. Well, I mean, and that was kind of what came out of the show. The show was, uh, uh, it was decent. Um, you know, there was a lot of Lucha Underground stuff on the show, and Lucha yeah. Underground performers in various lights. Um, the opening match even had some ex-Lucha performers like uh, Hernandez and Pimpinella was there. But Baby nuts. Baby nuts. Baby nuts. And, and even at this point, it's been a couple weeks since I've seen the show, so I can't remember everything back and forth. The, you know, there was a big hair and mask versus mask match with Pagano and Psycho Clown that headlined the bill. That was dope. I did watch that match. And it, that, that felt like the one match that really should have been there and really was on target story-wise and um, made the most sense for the whole show. My favorite thing was something in that match that you would not ever get in the States, which was when the blood started flowing everywhere and the barbed wire started coming out. They kept cutting to shots of, like, little girls in the crowd just crying their heads off, just bawling. Yeah. That was dope. Triple A is good for that. If they see kids crying, they're going to fucking cut to them, and I commend them for this. And it goes to show you, like, you know, the, the Triple Mania crowd is a relatively casual crowd, believe it or not. I mean, these are not necessarily hardcore wrestling fans. These are the people that come out of the woodwork for the one big show. They don't necessarily know all the storylines or whatever. Um, <coughs> but, yeah, you have all these families and little kids and whatever, and they're just like, the clown is bleeding everywhere. <laughs> Which is funny because that shows how powerful his face turn was when the kids used to be horrified of the clowns because they would literally grab kids from ringside and try to stuff them in a sack. Yeah. Amazing storyline. Like, the, yeah. the, the whole thing, and, and if anyone's ever wondering, that's Casey's right, that's exactly why all these clowns are over so much. <laughs> and there's a million of them. Like, the clown gimmick in general is the hot shit in Mexico. Can't have a party without clowns, my friends. Anyway, that was a great match. Um, you know, Wagner kind of coming out at the finish to 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 officiate everything was dope. Um, the Lucha Underground stuff was a bit strange. I mean, Vampiro basically was the whole introduction. Um, yeah, they, they got jobber entrances. What the fuck? And they got jobber entrances, but Marty was surprisingly good considering, you know he's playing this weird character and he's taking it down to Mexico. I was kind of proud of him for just getting in there and doing it. And that was a big crowd for him. Yeah. And it's people that don't know him because Lucha Underground's not airing there and he uh -huh. doesn't have an angle 
like some of the guys like Mundo does. Oh, which if you want to hear me bitch, get to that. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about next. I wanted to talk about, you know, Angelico and Jack uh, and, you know, what happened to your boy Pentagon. Cause well, first, uh, Angelico and Jack, that tag title thing? Yeah. Uh, Phoenix was supposed to be in that match, as most of you know. Uh, Phoenix is no longer with AAA, apparently. Yeah. Uh, left the company, and they continued to advertise him up until the day of the show. Um, despite yeah, not being there, which is fucked up, and it's pro wrestling. That shit happens all the time. The big rumor was that Pentagon was going to leave the show. Or leave AAA. Why would he do that if Phoenix wasn't going to be there? Yeah, and Phoenix... Almost like they're related or something. Right, right. Apparently some shit went down at the Veracruz tapings that still hasn't, like, completely got out yet. It made Phoenix lead the promotion, and Pentagon is apparently iffy. And let me tell you, Pentagon leaves AAA. My viewership is probably leaving with him. Because that is... It's not because I'm just a huge fucking Pentagon mark, which I am, and you guys aren't going to cut me a break on that anyway. But let's just say that them missing the boat on Pentagon is the most just fucking stupid shit in the world. The guy's super over. Mm-hmm. And talk to well, Conan he's super over them. up here, but he was at, at – the best they ever booked him was as the top of the mid card. I mean the belt right. he had was what, the, yeah. the Latin American belt or whatever? Conan wanted to book Pentagon going over Alberto for the belt, and the Roll Downs wouldn't do it. And they probably wouldn't do it because Alberto wouldn't do it. Well, I can understand that, too. I mean, and they, and they kind of had to bow down to him a little bit. He was a big performer, a big star for them. And it's like, he is consistently the most over guy on the roster, and he's consistently the one that's just booked like shit. Yeah, he won that title, but he lost it to Johnny Mundo unceremoniously, which, hey, that could have been because the dude's on his way out. Who knows? But if he but is... He didn't even just lose it. He lost Taya in the process, too. And if you don't know, down in Mexico, right. um, Taya's in a stable with Pentagon, and they're pretty much the, the last remnants of the stable at this point, and they took her away and put her with Mundo, just c- mimicking the Lucha Underground uh, gimmick with the Worldwide Underground, pretty much. So they basically shit on Perros Del Mall, they shit on Perros Legacy, and they shit on Pentagon. And uh, that doesn't really sit all that well with me when this is the guy they should be pushing. And I mean from a business standpoint, like even if he wasn't my favorite wrestler, I'd be pretty blind to see that he's not the most over guy. And if you ever listen to Keeping It 100 with Conan, uh, whenever they do the Mass Republic Minute about Lucha News, he's dropped some knowledge on the Pentagon situation there, and he's getting pretty dicked over. Yeah, I believe it. Um, They're taking bookings away from him, too, right, that he's making in appearances? They fucking did it to Gus. Yeah. You but know? it's crazy. Everywhere everywhere else except for AAA, Pentagon is a main event money draw. And there are indies in America who are either putting their belt on him or are lining up to put their belt on him because he's becoming one of the biggest draws in North America. Um, he's only had, like, one match in Japan, I think. but Which is hilarious because his whole gimmick is Japanese style. Yeah. Right. But Cody Rhodes uh, did a, a breakdown of his of uh, his B- PWG Bola experience, 
and he said some great things, but the best thing he said was about Pentagon, about he called him magnificent and said that WWE needs to sign him and blast his face everywhere. Like this is a guy that is only held back by his limited exposure. Well, but here's the thing. <laughs> going to WWE, he's not going to be able to take Pentagon Dark or Pentagon Junior. Right. I mean, I guess right. he could do some slight variation on the gimmick, but yeah, but I don't think the name out matters. Of the, out of the gimmick, do you think he would go over in WCW if they or WWE if he if he got a completely changed gimmick? He can still wrestle the same. He can't do the power driver, but his mask will still look pretty much the same. I think. Uh, I think they would ruin him. Like I think Cody's wrong. I, I mean, I, I, I think they would ruin him too. But sometimes talent shines above shitty booking, but it yeah. hasn't in Pentagon's piece in Mexico. I don't know how well WWE would actually handle it, but it would make them a lot of money if they signed him and did proper business with him. If they put him on NXT, I think it would be big business. I think he would. I think he would get lost in the shuffle as a silly gimmick. Big shows really fast. Anyway, it goes. I don't. I don't expect to see him leaving Lucha Underground at any point soon because I think that uh, if if anyone is smart, I mean, he's more over than Ray in a lot of ways, and yeah. I think his merchandise is going to start selling like hotcakes. Like I think Lucha Underground needs to jump on it. I think they need to start selling shitty Pentagon Dark masks. I think they need to come up with some more shirt designs. Um, I think just plates. Yeah, I think that the guy is money. In their pockets, I think he's free money for them. He's so over. I mean, I can't even remember the last time he won, and we all still pop for the guy all the time. Yeah. Can I say something kind of bad here? Like, I don't believe that it will be the case, but I think it's going to cause a lot of problems. Triple A's been threatening their guys, saying if they leave, that they won't be on Lucha Underground anymore. I just want to throw that out there. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's going to cause some problems between the two. Well, yeah, because. I mean, Lucha Underground was basically renting pre-established gimmicks from AAA. I mean, that was part of the premise of the show, was to bring some of what was happening in AAA into Lucha Underground. Now, given they don't necessarily need it anymore, but it was part of the original premise, and it's part of why I liked Lucha Underground to begin with. Mm -hmm. I liked seeing an American version of those AAA gimmicks. Well, seeing the amount of shit I got for the roster that I drafted, I don't think a lot of the fans agree with my ideas of what I, what brought me to Lucha Underground, which definitely was the AAA guys. And I know the heels give me shit a lot, saying I only like the AAA guys. Uh, that's not entirely true, but it's kind of, you know, it's a big portion. Uh, but yeah, my favorite guy is a AAA guy. There you go. I mean, and that's what it was. Lucha Underground was initially billed kind of as uh, a hyped-up American version of AAA with, with some Robert Rodriguez touches to it. I mean, that's right. what made it cool. Like, I was not surprised to see Blue Demon on the, the first yeah. episode. Like, that's what I expected. I was not surprised to see Drago and Aerostar and those guys coming in. I wasn't that, uh, you know, it made sense. And then when... Even when Jack Evans and Angelico were showing up, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Those guys are AAA guys. They're AAA guys. They're not American indie guys. Those are AAA guys. Um, so, oh, you're taking shit from Urban Heretic right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Urban's saying, oh, sure, blame the fucking heels. <laughs> Why you got to blame the heels for everything, Casey? <laughs> I don't know, but my Twitter notifications aren't really working good, so I don't even know. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Anyway. You're blame the fucking heels. Well, you guys basically read it to me. 
<laughs> um, anyway, I just, yeah, I, I also think that, look, Angelico and Jack are, you know, they're gringos, but, well, not necessarily Angelico, but at the same time, they are, to me, a, a triple-A tag team. Yes. I mean, green team is, like, should have those belts down there, and they should be uh, a, a big part of the main card. Them taking the belts off of them was some dumb fucking shit. Uh, I, like, just, I know they won't say it, but we can say it for them. It was dumb fucking shit. I agree. Nice. And I, I mean, and thank God these guys do have Lucha Underground because I, I just don't understand what's going on down there now. Like, look, obviously Taya and Mundo have great chemistry, but Taya was was great with Pentagon down there. Like, yeah. I just, I mean, and it was fun kind of to watch that and how different it was from the American product, but now it's the exact same thing, and it's just like, and Mundo doesn't need a fucking push, and I can tell you right now, Mundo probably didn't care about getting that belt or not, and then Lucha, yeah. you know, at the World Cup and all that stuff, like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it because it's a show that no one down there is getting. They do not have a Mexican television deal. It may that is what doesn't make sense. Give them one, and everything makes sense. Uh, yeah, and they need. I mean, I think they need to fill out their own roster at this point too. I mean, I feel like there were very few, um, very few just regular AAA things that happened this year at Triple Mania. It felt like a lot of it was Lucha Underground. A lot of it was filler matches. There was no storylines going into anything except the, the title match. I mean, there's some storylines coming out of it, like the, the you know, Taya turn to Mundo, the heel turn to, to Mundo or whatever. Oh, I gotta say, I'm excited about the new stable, though, because Chessman, Averno, and Ricky Marvin are teaming together, and those yeah. are like three of my favorite dudes. So that's like, that's a pretty cool stable. And their name means the assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's like I said, there's some storylines coming out of it, but there was really like not very many storylines going into it. Um, you know, the Apaches, of course, got over as usual, um, but whatever. They they are clearly in the rolled on pocket as well. So I don't know. That's all I got to say. I mean, some people asked us to talk about it, so I did watch. Uh, Casey is catching up. Byron should still watch it at some point. I watched bits watch. and pieces of the matches I was gonna see, but I didn't watch the wank fest of them like putting Joaquin in the fucking Hall of Fame. Oh. The same night that Phoenix is leaving the promotion and Pentagon might be too. You know, whatever. I yeah, said my shit on Twitter on that, dude. Like, uh, I could do a whole podcast on it. Well, you guys got anything else? Josh Pillow, I won't. Shoot too much. <laughs> well, exactly. So I'm going to end it here. But you got anything else, Byron, you want to talk about? I know we're, me and you are going to Paley Fest tonight. No, I got to take a shower and get dressed for Paley Fest. I can't wear this there. You can't wear it. No, you fucking can't. I could do mine, but I'm probably still going to put on a button-up shirt and something like that. Go, I'm just going to be slapping my arm and yelling C the whole time. <laughs> um, Casey, you got anything to add? You looking forward to the fights tomorrow? Uh, yeah, uh, Punk loses, uh, Stipe, don't fucking lose, man. Stipe loses, and then, uh, fucking Overeem pisses dirty. That's my prediction. All right, okay. <laughs> so the match doesn't count anyway. DQ at the title level, that could be weird for implications in UFC. Yeah, 
I think it'll be fun when it happens. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Reem looked pretty doughy to me. I think Reem might actually be off the juice. But if you look at old uh, pictures of kickboxing Reem when he was like 185 pounds, yeah. and then you look at him in Strike Force, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think Excalibur described him the best when he was on the Art of Wrestling podcast when he said Alistair Overeem is like uh, being genetically modified to fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the, the, when he turned into the Reem, it was a pretty big difference. I mean, the dude was super swole. He was super, super swole. Um, all right, well. I don't have anything to add. This has been a tremendous week. Going to Paley Fest tonight. Maybe me and Byron will do uh, an extra podcast early next week and tell you about it. Um, though we can't give you any spoilers because we get to see the next episode tonight. Um, and I'm going to be looking forward to the fights. This has been an amazing week. So much stuff going on. Um, but until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Stay in the mix.